0: Welcome back to the Michael Welch podcast. We're going to hop right back into the 2023 college football season review. Already tackled the first three weeks, the preseason awards, some of the storylines, what the preseason top 25 was. So we're going to roll right in here with the rest of the review and the weeks to follow. Week number four of the college football season. So number one, Georgia sleepwalk through that Kent State game that raised a lot of red flags, probably sent the alerts on your phone going off. Oh, Georgia's in a tight one there, but they eventually pulled away from the Golden Flashes there, 39 to 22, one of only a couple teams, a few teams that kept a close game there with Georgia last season. Number two, Alabama would beat up on Vanderbilt after they got off to a hot start there. A 3-1 in their first four games, 55-3. So, they're just going to show that Vandy really wasn't close to the big boys at all, despite a hot start there. Ohio State comfortably splattered Wisconsin 52-21 to 21 there. NC State still ranked 12th at the time, put a beating on UConn 41-10. to 10. Utah... Crushed Arizona State 34 to 13 after a coaching change. Washington rolled up Stanford 40 to 22. Stanford able to put a few points on the board here and there, uh, despite getting crushed. But again, that was um, really showing the lack of defense, even on the better teams in the Pac-12 last season. BYU still ranked at 19th, fended off Wyoming 38-24. Pittsburgh gave up a lot of points to Rhode Island in a 45-24 victory uh, there. Now, number four, Michigan would struggle with Maryland. And that excellent pass defense, Blake Coram's 243 yards and two touchdowns on the ground would push through a 34-27 win after 31 combined points in the fourth quarter between the two teams. Tulia to Tua's brother there, former Alabama quarterback, current Miami Dolphin, had them off to a hot start at 3-0 on the season with wins over Buffalo, Charlotte, and SMU. So they looked pretty good coming out of the gate. And uh, a touchdown loss in Ann Arbor did nothing to really damper the temperament uh, for Maryland there. They would hit 6-2 record-wise before hitting a rough stretch at the back end of the season at Wisconsin at Penn State. And Ohio State at home and, and some health concerns with their quarterback there that would lead to a 7-5 and five finish. But a good showing in their first four games here. Clemson was one of the first big teams to get a scare at the beginning of the season. Ranked 5th. They survived a double overtime game in Winston-Salem against North Carolina. 51-45 to was the final. DJ threw five touchdowns and 371 yards. Sam Hartman threw six touchdowns and 337 yards. It would be the most points Clemson scored all season by far. Most yards and most touchdowns by DJ Ungaleli um, by over 100 yards and several touchdowns just by far an outlier in his offensive production. The most exciting offense you just get by the Tigers the entire season.
1: Faked it to Shippen. He throws to the end zone. safety help they're not
0: The USC Trojans played one of the better defenses in the Pac-12 in Oregon State, and they escaped 17-14. They scored two touchdowns in the fourth quarter. One of them came late in the last minute there, and Oregon State still had an opportunity to score and possibly win the game late. But four turnovers really put an end to that. Four turnovers for Oregon State on the game, Four picks, zero turnovers for USC, and it was still a field goal difference. Caleb Williams, 207 yards of total offense, 16 for 36 passing, and um, that was his, one of his worst games, uh, might be his worst game of the entire season last year. Chance Nolan, the quarterback there for Oregon State. D.J. Ungleli from Clemson last season, transferring into Oregon State this year to improve that offense, hopefully. Uh, Kentucky. Survived a battle with Northern Illinois 31 to 23. The Wildcats were still ranked eighth at the time. Will Levis eighteen for twenty-six for three oh three and four touchdowns, one of his better games, considering he was sacked an alarming five times by a Mac defensive line. His running back last year, Cavosi Smoke also struggled to hold on to the football. Starting running back, Chris Rodriguez Jr. missed the first four games of the season. He would later return in October and make a big difference there despite the offensive line issues. Arkansas was still ranked 10th. They lost at College Station to number 23, still 23, Texas A&M. 23-21, Twenty-three to twenty-one, leaving both teams at three and one, and the first loss of the season for the Razorbacks there, and the Aggies were coming off their Appalachian State loss, but prevented a number one, uh, another one at that particular time. Number eleven Tennessee moved to four and zero with a thirty-eight to thirty-three win over the Florida Gators. Anthony Richardson threw for 453 yards in that game, 62 yards on the ground, four total touchdowns. Hooker was 22 for 28 for 349 and two touchdowns, plus another 112 yards on the ground and a rushing touchdown. 227 total rushing yards for the Vols an absolutely devastating Florida Gators there. Sloppy game two total turnovers on the game three fumbles a missed field goal both teams um, could really move the ball but just a sloppy sloppy game there number 14 Penn State looks sluggish offensively but pulled past central Michigan that feisty Chippewa team 33 to 14. both of CMU's touchdowns came in the second quarter Penn State missed two field goals um, just a couple notes on that one Oregon. One on the road, 44 to 41 over Washington State. Old Miss ranked 16th at the time, 35 to 27 over Tulsa. Tulsa always seems to cause a few disruptions, close games um, against um, higher competition. Number 17, Baylor beat Iowa State 31 to 24. Iowa State really struggled last year, but played a lot of teams very close. Now, Kansas State got a big one this week. They were unranked. They beat number six at the time, Oklahoma, 41-34 in Normand. Adrian Martinez had four rushing touchdowns. Obviously, the role of these two teams flipped as the year continued on there with the final results. Texas lost in Lubbock to Texas Tech in overtime, 37-34. to um, a lot of fourth down conversions by Texas Tech, by a coach that believed in um, going for a lot of them. We'll probably see that again this season as well. Miami, stunned 44, oh God, I can't even get it out of my mouth, 45-31. to 31, The big loss to Middle Tennessee that really made ripples that particular week. They went down 17-3 to 3 in the first quarter. Van Dyke ended up getting benched. Defensive back DeCorean Patterson for Middle Tennessee would actually finish tied with Buffalo safety. Marcus Faqua with seven picks on the season, so they did have a quality player in that back end there. But that's not the point. The point is they got absolutely torched, the Miami Hurricanes did at home, by a Middle Tennessee team that would finish middle of the pack in Conference USA. Just, just uh, uh, alarm bells going off all over for that team with a new coaching staff and turnover there. Notre Dame, the Fighting Irish, found a little offense against North Carolina, who was happy to give up points, in a 45-32 to 32 game at Chapel Hill as the Irish came away victors in that particular game. And we had a few surprises in the first third of the year here. Syracuse moved to 4-0 with the win against Lowly Virginia, 22-20. to TCU moved to 3-0. They'd already taken an early bye there, but they beat SMU. Dykes, uh, Sunday Dykes' former team there, 42-34. Kansas moved to 4-0 and with a win over Duke, 35-27. Duke at the time undefeated going into that game. Minnesota moved to 4-0 with a 34-7 to blowout of Michigan State. I do have here, so Boise State lost a, a shocker to UTEP. 27-10. to 10. Again, they were st- still figuring things out in the beginning third of the year here. They'll be more settled entering the 23-24 season. Tulane would lose to Southern Miss, 27-24. to 24. That was the real anomaly they had last season. Um, of course, they were flipping around from two wins the year previous to already surpassing that early in the season, so the loss didn't necessarily stick out. Uh, four games into the year, but uh, in retrospect, after beating USC in a New Year's Six Bowl, that Southern Miss game stuck out as a weird anomaly loss after uh, the full body work last year. Week number five, Alabama pummeled number 20, Arkansas 49-26. to 26. Bryce Young went down after 7-13 of 13 passing for 173. We saw J- Jalen Milroe. Who was four for nine for 65 yards and a touchdown in his absence? He also had 91 yards and a rushing touchdown on the ground. Overall, the tide really went uh, with handoffs 317 rushing yards and five rushing touchdowns to put away the Arkansas Razorbacks who were not in the game at all. But uh, Milroe. Was projected to be the quarterback of the future for the Tide, but that is certainly up in the air for this upcoming football season. Number three, Ohio State pummeled Rutgers. Number four, Michigan beat Iowa 27 to 14. Another strong defense there for the Wolverines. Blake Corum had 29 carries for 133 yards and a touchdown. Clemson beat number ten NC State 30 to 20. I wish uh, it was a little bit more of a ball game. DJ ran for 73 yards and two touchdowns. He threw for 209 in a touchdown. 19 combined penalties in this game. Two turnovers by the Wolfpack. Uh, really a putrid offensive performance. Uh, I tallied it up to 5.1 yards per pass attempt. 1.6 per run between the two teams. But 30-20. Uh, to 20 was the final. Clemson put enough offense on the board to really disrupt uh, NC State. It was just a putrid at throwing the ball, passing the ball, getting things going last year, which was a shame because they had a veteran quarterback there uh, returning. Number 14, Old Miss survived. Number 7, Kentucky, 22-19. Zero points in the fourth quarter made this game very uh, dull to end quite frankly Kentucky scored a game-winning touchdown that was called back on a penalty and then fumbled the ball away on the next play so it was really a wah-wah moment for the Wildcats number 16 Baylor loses 36 to 25 at home to undefeated number nine Oklahoma State in a rematch of the Big 12 Conference Championship game of 2022 and this was a game that was promptly forgotten within the next couple of weeks as both teams fell out of the rankings. Number 11, Penn State played a really weird wind game against Northwestern, if you recall watching that. 17-7 to 7 was the final there. Again, a lot blamed on the wind, but also perhaps playing a much inferior opponent. Number 6, USC. Forty-two to twenty-five over Arizona State, three hundred and ninety-two total yards of offense for Caleb Williams and four more touchdowns as he started to put together that Heisman campaign. Number twelve Utah, stifled the iffy Oregon State offense, forty-two to sixteen. They didn't have a whole lot of problems there. And Oregon beat Stanford forty-five to twenty-seven again. Just like Stanford had put 22 points, I believe it was, up against Washington the week before. Just not a great offensive team Stanford was, and still managing to put three, four touchdowns on the board against these really top-of-the-line Pac-12 conference opponents. But Bo Nix for Oregon, four touchdowns on the board. He led all quarterbacks in rushing yards last season, so the transfer really worked out well for him. Oregon was very productive. He was a great weapon there he did have some injuries late uh, which caused some problems particularly in the Utah game which I think prevented him from scrambling as much as he wanted to do and kind of moving uh, within some of the option plays in that offense or QB called runs but he'll be good again this season upcoming 23-24 season and a dark horse Heisman candidate. Kansas State now ranked 25th they beat that feisty Red Raiders Texas Tech team, thirty-seven to twenty-four, put them away. Texas A&M was still ranked seventeenth at the time, but they were upended by Mississippi State, that Bulldogs team, and Will Rogers, forty-two to twenty-four, was the final there. Oklahoma, eighteenth at the time, fell to TCU, fifty-five to twenty-four. Again, the Sooners had a lot of problems with the uh, defense last year, um, but just kind of have some problems here against Kansas State. Dylan Gabriel had 330 yards passing and four touchdowns, and they just came up short at home as the wheels started to, to come off here. Minnesota lost at home to Purdue 20-10. Again, Purdue slowly, slowly climbing to the top of bodies at the Big Ten West because Minnesota was in the mix, Iowa was in the mix, Illinois was in the mix, Wisconsin was in the mix, pretty much the whole division in the running there. So proved to be a big game for Purdue to win over a ranked Minnesota team at the time, 20-10. Pittsburgh lost at home to Georgia Tech 26-21 post-coaching change that was a bad loss to take Georgia dodged a uh, possible upset themselves Missouri a good defense that they had over there and Georgia pulls it out against that group 26 to 22 they needed two touchdowns in the fourth quarter to pull the game out still kind of debated um, the autopsy on that game whether Georgia slept a walk through it, where Missouri's defense was really that disruptive, and that's used even for projections looking forward into this 23-24 season. How good is Missouri going to be, again, piloted and led by that uh, defense, more so than the offensive side of the football? But Georgia managed to pull it out in the end there. Uh, another game that was sending off alerts uh, around the college football landscape, is Georgia going to lose this football game? Number 15 Washington went on the road and lost to an unranked UCLA team at the time 40 to 32. Uh, the Bruins make up for a week early schedule and here lost to Georgia State by moving to 5 and 0 and giving Washington its first loss. Now this would be a kind of a big deal. Washington, USC and Utah would all not play each other in the regular season last year. I take that back. Utah and USC played in the regular season. We'll get to that uh, shortly here. But Washington didn't play either one of them. And then was left out of the Pac-12 championship game due to some tiebreakers. Had Washington not slipped up here per se against UCLA, they would have had a better chance, a better record, and actually made it into the Pac-12 conference championship game. But Washington has a legitimate gripe about not having a chance at a title and possibly um, a shot at a playoff spot last season. Some of the smaller conferences had big wins as well. Tulane quietly wins in overtime 27-24 over Houston to move the Cougars to 2-3, while the Green Wave moved to 5-0. Coastal Carolina moves to 5-0 after a 34-30 win over Georgia Southern. Grayson McCall throws a couple touchdowns in that game, which is notable only because He got that team into the rankings in 2020, two years previous, after a big season. 2021, they had a solid team as well, again, led by the offense and a difference-making quarterback in McCall. They did well as last year as well, and he was banged up towards the back end of the year, made it back for the bowl game. This year, he's returning yet again for the Chanticleers there at Coastal Carolina. Just worth noting, they got off to a great start again last season. Back to the big boys or mid boys. Syracuse moved to 5-0 with a 59 nothing win over Wagner. And Kansas moves to 5-0 with a 14-11 to win over Iowa State. And let's take just a moment to talk about Kansas and their success last season. Now, the year previous The 2021 22 season, Lance Leopold was hired after Les Miles, the former LSU coach, could not get it done with his stint at Kansas there. Kansas won 12 games back in 2007, eight games the year after in 2008, five games in 2009, and haven't won more than three since that period and is historically an awful football team. The 12-game 2007 season is only the second time in school history that they've won double-digit games, unless you want to count the 1905 season, in which case they have three seasons in which they've won double-digit football games. Success does not often come to that school. As far as the football field, Lance Leopold, a multi-time national championship winning coach at the lower level, was brought in to that school to help win some football games. And they actually went 2-1 and one in 2021, which was considered a huge success. They did manage to beat Texas 57-56 to 56 in a barn burner game there. I believe that went multiple overtimes. They did also win their opener against South Dakota as well. They were thumped at a lot of games per usual. Not something uh, that they were unfamiliar with there, but they won their last or lost their last two games close against TCU and West Virginia by only a possession there. So they've started to improve throughout the back end of the season and won a couple games, which was great success. So to start last season, 5 and 0 was really amazing. It was in part because Jalen Daniels at quarterback was able to really push the offense and do some spectacular things. He'll probably be up there as far as talents at the quarterback position in the big 12 opening this upcoming 23, 24 season as well. One of the better quarterbacks in the league. Now he replaced Jackson bean, Jason bean, sorry, he's still on the roster there, um, but he did have to step in. Mr. Bean did for a couple of games when Jalen went down, but that was not the problem. Jalen did raise the ceiling. Jason pulled it down a little bit, but the defense was ultimately the undoing for the team, which would finish 6-7 and seven on the year. So the 5-0 and start was great, but they started to come back down to earth, even as Jalen went down and missed a few games following this week 5 game here, and Jason took over for a few games. But still, Jalen will be back this upcoming season. One of the better quarterbacks in the Big 12, and we'll see if that defense can kind of pick up and uh, do some more fun things for the Jayhawks. But the schedule's going to be tough. Last season, though, 5-0 start. Big deal. Big win over Iowa State, even though they were considered one of the bottom teams in the conference in the Big 12 there. But just a great start there for the Kansas Jayhawks and Lance Leopold. LSU also grabbed a big win there uh, over Auburn to move to 4-1 and with a 21-17 win behind their quarterback, Jalen Daniels. Jaden Daniels. There we go. Jalen, Jaden. Jaden Daniels, LSU. Jalen Daniels, Kansas. I think that's right now. Arizona had its season over at uh, 2.5 wins by beating Colorado 43-20. To six touchdown passes by Jaden DeLora. Gosh, all the J's there. But six touchdown passes by... For him, tied a school record for Arizona touchdown passes in a game.
1: Duggan, pressure coming. He saw it. He releases into the end zone. him with a flag coming in. It's a touchdown. Touchdown
2: TCU. interference. Defense
1: number two. A penalty is declined. Touchdown.
2: That foot was down. That first foot was down when his massive pits, and armed, arms, hands are wrapped around the ball mitts.
0: As we take a look at week six, that was a battle of undefeated TCU at undefeated Kansas. That was Quinton Johnston putting the winning touchdown on the board there getting hit with a uh, defensive pass interference call and still getting a toe tap on a big catch. It was a great play, and Jason Bean was not able to rally the Jayhawks for the win there with the starting quarterback, Jalen Daniels, out. He had 262 yards passing and four touchdowns, but couldn't get the Jayhawks the win there. 21 points apiece for both teams in the third quarter, 42 points total out of the 70, uh, 69 points scored. Big third quarter there coming out of the half. The Alabama Alabama Crimson Tide playing with a number one ranking at the time taking on Texas A&M. The feisty Aggies, always a headache for Alabama beating them the year previous of course. Now Alabama was without Bryce Young. They were starting quarterback Jalen Monroe who put up 111 yards passing and three touchdowns, and they managed to win 24-20. And this game is Haynes King for the Aggies, threw for 253 yards and two touchdowns. A-Chain, the offensive weapon for the Aggies, only 62 yards on the ground and five yards receiving on four catches. He was a big piece of what they were able to do there. Gibbs... For the Tide, 154 yards on the ground and a few yards passing as well. Four turnovers total for the Crimson Tide. Three of them fumbles, so not a great day from that perspective. Texas St. and was only 5 for 17 on third down. Alabama wasn't too much better, 5 for 14. Looked a lot better percentage-wise, obviously. But Alabama able to come away with the win there. CJ Stroud, six touchdowns and a 49 20 win over Michigan State for the Ohio State Buckeyes. Michigan still ranked fourth, won 31 10 over Indiana. Mike Hart, of course, had the scary heart attack on the sideline, the assistant coach there. Thankfully, he was okay. Number six, USC overcomes the defense of the Washington State Cougars to win 30 14 there and continue their March. Oklahoma State still ranked number seventh at this midpoint in the season, 41 to 31 over the Texas Tech Red Raiders. LSU ranked 25th at this point, and they're crushed by number eight, Tennessee, 40 to 13. It's not even a close game. Something you wouldn't expect by how these teams turn out here. Hooker has 239 and two touchdowns. Jaden Daniels has 300 yards and one touchdown. 38 yards rushing. He's the leading rusher for LSU. The Vols have almost 150 more yards of offense, particularly on the rushing side where they put up 100 and 200 more yards of rushing, which is crazy, and two turnovers for LSU as well. So not a lot of troubles there in Death Valley for the Vols staying in SEC country number 9 old miss moves to 6 and 0 by beating vanderbilt 52 to 28 old miss's record at this point looks a little iffy the quality of opponents has not looked particularly strong at this point in time. Jackson Dart does have 448 yards passing and three touchdowns in this game. I believe that's a season high. Nine catches, 247 yards, two touchdowns for Mingo at the receiver position. Swan has taken over a quarterback for Vanderbilt. He'd hold that for the rest of the year at this point, I do believe, after a couple different quarterbacks competing for that starting position. 281 yards and two touchdowns. For that gentleman, McGowan at receiver, seven catches for 104 yards and a touchdown in that particular game. Ole Miss, at this point, had wins over Troy, Central Arkansas, Georgia Tech, Tulsa, Kentucky, who was ranked at the time, and Vanderbilt. So it was still a little doubtful as to whether or not this team would really compete in the division here, especially with Alabama holding down that number one spot Although, maybe they were better than LSU, who was crushed there by Tennessee. So lots of questions about who was next up in the SEC behind Georgia and Alabama. Perhaps Tennessee really was the third best team. But still, a lot of of places not not set yet at the halfway point here that would later come into uh, fruition in the back half of the season, number eighteen UCLA stays undefeated by beating number eleven Utah, forty-two to thirty-two. Utah moves to four and two, after the Week One Florida loss. There, a little bit surprising, as we know Utah is the better rounded-out team on the season. DTR Thompson Robinson, two hundred and ninety-nine yards and four touchdowns at the quarterback position for the Bruins. Charbonnet. 22 attempts for 198 yards and a touchdown as well. Great job on the offense there. Cam Rising struggles a little bit in this ball game. Kentucky, who's ranked 13th, loses at home to South Carolina 24 to 14, their second loss in a row. NC State wins 19-17 to over Florida State, and they move to 5-1 despite their offense looking really questionable for a good chunk of the first half of the season, and that would linger as well. And Florida State, man, who looked great to start the season, just taking a tough loss and a low-scoring affair there. Leary, only 130 yards passing and a touchdown at the quarterback position. Travis, 181 and a touchdown in a low-scoring slugfest. Florida State does not score in the second half. NC State scores 16 in the second half. And uh, that's it's just a tale of two halves, I guess, and a low-scoring affair here. This would be part of Florida State's three-game losing streak in the middle of the season and those are their only losses in the very middle of the season. A tough three-loss skid. Number 20, Kansas State wins 10-9 over Iowa State, in which the Cyclones kept every game ugly for the most part last season. Notre Dame stays above 500 by beating number 16 BYU 28-20. to Washington, break 21st, lost 45-38 to to Arizona State. Another tough beat there, and uh, the Sun Devils able to keep things feisty. Picking up a big win despite the coaching change, they have almost 100 fewer yards of offense, but are able to get the win. Three touchdowns by Borgett. At quarterback position after a change there, Emory Jones, I'm not sure if he's hurt or goes down, but uh, a coaching uh, quarterback change there does make a difference. Pennix X Jr., 33 for 53 passing, 311 and an interception as they just struggle to um, stop the Sun Devils, who are 9 for 13 on third down. Again, that third down conversion defense for Washington, one of the worst in the country last season. And although they're 7 for 14 themselves and put up a ton of yards, just a ton of yards, um, they just, a touchdown difference. Forks are able to get one more on the board there. The Sun Devils forks up. Good win there as they move to 2-4 and four and knock the Huskies to 5-2. and two. The Oregon Ducks. At ranked 12th, do beat Arizona 49 to 20 as they continue to uh, whip up into a powerhouse. Here they move to five and one, and move Arizona to three and four. But the other two notable games here are unranked North Carolina and Miami playing. UNC wins that one 27-24 in the battle of two teams that were thought to possibly compete with Clemson for the ACC title last season. Obviously, we know that is not the case. Tyler Van Dyke throws for 496 yards and three touchdowns in the loss, while Drake May throws for 309 and two touchdowns, and that moves the the uh, hurricanes to 2 and 3 and UNC to 5 and 1 and what is otherwise a footnote game in last season's repertoire also the red river rivalry game was in week 6 49 to nothing was the win for Texas a game that will of course be a big deal as it's mentioned next year around that time um, or revisited when talking about either of these teams But uh, 49 to nothing, Texas just blew the doors off Oklahoma. Dylan Gabriel was out injured. Um, that clearly made a difference in how the offense was able to operate, and the defense really struggled last year, despite the fact that new head coach Brent Venables is a, a defensive mastermind from Clemson. There, just a lot of struggles, and uh, the stats just look horrific. But forty-nine to nothing was the Red River rivalry game. It was over early, and moved Oklahoma, who was a preseason again uh, top ten team, to three and three on the season. Now week 7 was a banger week. This is a big one. This was an impactful week and it started with number 6 Tennessee beating number 3 Alabama 52 to 49 in a back and forth football game that ultimately put Tennessee in position to knock through a field goal and win this game as most of us remember. Of course, prior to that, Tennessee did hurt itself Um, there was a fumble on a handoff that gave Tennessee an opportunity for scoop and score to keep them in the football game defense really came at a premium Alabama had 31 first downs they were six for 13 on third down they had 569 yards of total offense Bryce Young was 35 for 52, passing for 455 yards and a couple touchdowns. Gibbs had 103 yards and three touchdowns on the ground. Tennessee was 5 for 10 on third, 29 first downs. Hooker, 21 for 30 for 385 yards and five touchdown passes there. All five going to Jalen Hyatt who's now in the NFL, 207 yards and five touchdowns on six catches for that young man. Stepping up for Cedric Tillman, who was injured just earlier in the season. He was supposed to be an all-SEC player and, of course, noted as a big injury loss for the Vols. But still stepping into that spot was Hyatt and Brew McCoy as well, who was not as uh, productive for this game. But still, the Vols operated a good chunk of last season in the, in the first part without a key receiver. And then the back end, of course, without Hayden Hooker, their star quarterback. So you can make arguments that Tennessee really could have had a shot at the playoffs had they been healthy. And we know health luck is very much a part of the game. Both teams did have a shot at this game at the end. Alabama maneuvered into position for a game-winning field goal with about uh, 15 seconds left and missed... Missed theirs. Um, Tennessee was able to to get back and set up on their side of the football field, got a couple plays in, and set up perfectly with a second left for a game-winning field goal. Field goal range. They'll
1: throw. Short. In and out of the hands of Gibbs. Young. Quick on the backpedal. Quick on the throw. Incomplete. Intended for Burton and he's looking for a flag and doesn't get one from 50 Rikard's kick on the way pushed it to the right no good Hendon hooker looking to throw scanning things throw in and complete And he got it to ramel keaton again first down midfield Hendon hooker can't take a sack double clutches throws it is caught do they get the timeout? Brew McCoy. Yes. Down. There's two seconds left. From 40. On the way, a knuckle ball. He got
0: Michigan played what was supposed to be a really tough matchup against Penn State in a 5-10 battle. They led 16-14 at the half, ultimately won 41-17. They rolled up a massive amount of yardage, 418 on the ground in this one, as Penn State's defensive front just could not slow down. Edwards, 16 attempts, 173 yards, and two touchdowns in this one. Both backs went absolutely wild. And we'll see if Penn State can kind of shore up that defensive line this upcoming season to prevent that. Number 20, Utah, 43-42 to 42 over number 7 USC a two point conversion by Cam Rising is what put this one over the top. USC was pushed to 6 and 1 and of course Utah already taking two losses there moved their record to uh 5 and 2 for the Utah Utes in a big action packed game there Rising 415 yards and two touchdowns 11 carries officially on the tally, Uh, but 60 yards and three touchdowns rushing led the team in rushing. Kincaid, the superstar tight end, 11 catches, excuse me, 15 catches for 217 yards. Caleb Williams, 381 yards passing and five touchdowns in the ballgame. Rising.
2: It looks like it. Rising up the middle.
1: He's in. Utah leads.
0: Oklahoma, after getting torched in the Red River rivalry, rah, 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 Red River Rivalry, is able to beat number 19 Texas 52 to 42. Further continuing the downroad spiral for the Jayhawks there, unfortunately. Kentucky bounces back and beats Mississippi State 27-17 as the middle class of the SEC continues to beat on each other there. Syracuse stays undefeated by beating number 15 NC State 24-9 as the offense continues to struggle for the Wolfpack. Old Miss stays undefeated by beating Auburn 48-34. Texas survives its slog with Iowa State 24-21. to Xavier Hutchinson, the superstar wide receiver, no joke for the Cyclones, he really just took, for any individual team, if you look at their wide receiver groups, he by far took the highest volume of catches, more so than any individual on any single team. He was the entire wide receiver core for that team. Uh, Xavier Hutchinson was so important for the Cyclones there. And he dropped the potential game-winning touchdown late in that game. I don't think it was talked about enough. He backpedaling towards an open end zone and just dropped the pass. They could have potentially beaten Texas. Um, They could have uh, had a drive, uh, had opportunity for a drive to score a game-winning touchdown. Um, But it would have given Iowa State the lead late, and they just blew it there. Illinois was ranked 24th. They moved to 6 and 1, beating Minnesota 26 to 14. James Madison made it up 25 in the rankings. Don't forget that. Their first year uh, at the highest level of football here, but they lost 45 to 38 to Georgia Southern on the road. Now Kyle Van Trees of Georgia Southern there uh, in the upset. Just worth noting, he was 5th in the country in passing, of course, he transferred over from Buffalo out of the MAC, but Top five passer in the country last year. Coastal Carolina also took its first loss of the season, 49-21 to to Old Dominion. I believe that was on homecoming. Tough loss there. Linebacker Jason Henderson for ODU, Old Dominion, actually led the country in tackles with 179. That was 31 ahead of second place Sean Dolak, also from Buffalo. Just worth noting there, big-time tackler at ODU. Michael Pennex throws for 516 yards and four touchdowns and a 49-39 Arizona win. A lot of points again there in the pack. Rome Adnes had nine catches for 169 yards and two touchdowns, one of his top receivers. He'll have a top receiving core again this upcoming season. Jaden Delora throws for 400 yards and four touchdowns for the uh, Wildcats there at Arizona. Talora McMillan had seven catches for 132 yards and two touchdowns. Florida took another loss at home to LSU, 45 to 35, as LSU continued to build its resume. Notre Dame lost a stinking stunner to Stanford, 16 to 14. This coming just a few weeks after the Marshall loss, continuing to uh, build a lot of, lot of. Uh, resentment against brian kelly and a lot of questions still in that notre dame program and north carolina held on to beat duke 38 to 35 in a great rivalry game that came right down to the wire
1: here's may pressure coming gonna turn throw toward green touchdown carolina And Jaquez Moore in the backfield with Riley Leonard. Leonard up in the pocket, going to take a deep shot, and it is caught. Behind the traffic, Riley a Leonard's great grab by complete. Jordan Moore at Catch the Carolina 47. By Leonard again, a two-by-two look. Going to throw, bat it around, and it. Will Hardy has come up with the deflection to him
0: game. A game-winning touchdown there with 18 seconds left for North Carolina. Drake May has 380 yards passing and three touchdowns. Josh Downs, his top receiver, eight catches for 115 yards. May also leads the team in rushing with 70 yards. Riley Leonard, great quarterback, underappreciated there, Duke, 245 yards and a touchdown, 130 yards on the ground and a rushing touchdown of his own. He'll return this upcoming season. Now week 8 had a couple bigger results but week 9 is really where it's at. So week 8 number 2 Ohio state had no problem with Iowa 54 to 10. Tennessee who had made it up to number 3 in the rankings crushed UT Martin 65 to 24 in a late non-conference game as the bench is cleared. There, number five Clemson now played number fourteen Syracuse in a battle of unbeaten's. They ultimately won the game 27 to 21 and a terribly frustrating game for the Qs. They had several opportunities to win this game. Clemson turned the ball over four times. Cade Klubnick, the top recruit, came in for DJ Ungleli, who had three turnovers, four total on the game for Clemson, who looked pretty awful. Will Shipley carried the load for the offense, 172 yards and two touchdowns, as the uh, Tigers ended up rolling 200 more yards of total offense out onto the field. But Syracuse was held to a 3-for-11 third-down conversion rate. And just couldn't quite win this game, driving down late and had a turnover. Just not a great finish there for the Syracuse Orangemen, who certainly had a shot to pull a major upset.
1: 35 seconds to go. Gaston has it. 30-yard line. First and 10, Syracuse.
0: Alabama took down Mississippi State. MSU had 10 penalties. They were 7 for 22 on third down, yet they managed a few more yards of offense than the Tide, although both were under 300 total yards of offense. So just a real uh, gritty battle there where Alabama was able to overcome uh, Mississippi State there and convert when they needed to and put points on the board. LSU beat number seven Old Miss 45 to 20. Again, LSU unranked at this point, but took down the running Rebels, their first loss of the season, and a big feather in the cap of LSU after the Florida loss the previous week, and they moved to six and two. Jaden Daniels, a big day on the ground, 121 yards and three touchdowns. To go with 248 passing and two touchdowns, one of his biggest games of the season. Now, number eight, TCU, all the way up there in the rankings, played number 17, Kansas State, in that first game they would play on the season, besides the conference championship game. And TCU pulled this one out 38 to 28 in the initial meeting. Number 10, Oregon, beat number nine, UCLA 45 to 30. This would have been a much bigger game in retrospect. But the Ducks scored on their first seven drives, six touchdowns and a field goal, and UCLA couldn't quite keep up with that pace of offense. And that was really the difference in this game, as again, Pac-12 defenses in general across the board at that upper level really struggled last season. And that was really the only difference in this football game. Bo Nix, 334 yards of total offense, five passing touchdowns for him, and a critical win for the Ducks there in conference play. Oklahoma State still ranked 11th. They did beat number 20 Texas 41-34. Spencer Sanders rolled up 391 yards passing and a couple of touchdowns there and a big win for Oklahoma State. Ewers had 319 yards and two touchdowns. He was back in play at this point after the uh, injury sustained at Alabama. Bijan Robinson, 140 yards rushing and a couple of touchdowns there. Very much in the mix of things. And uh, just a big win for Oklahoma State at home. They were 6-1 at this particular point, and that moved Texas to 5-2. and So very much looked like Oklahoma State was still in the picture to make it to the Big 12 Conference Championship game. As we know, they did struggle mightily down the stretch here. It would start in the next, next week here as they started to fall off a cliff.
1: Sanders has a completion and first down.
0: Texas A&M loses 30 to 34 at South Carolina. Just notable because this moved the Aggies to three and four, and South Carolina to five and two. Now South Carolina led 17 to nothing after the first quarter. The game started with the Gamecocks returning the opening kick, touchdown, 100 yards, to return the ball 100 yards for a touchdown. There we go. And uh, the special teams group there under Pete Limbo was one of the best in the country. I believe he won. award for that or was at least nominated and uh, just a great group there for South Carolina on special teams and uh, a great win as Texas A&M moved under 500 after being ranked so highly in the preseason. Now Halloween week, week nine was a big one. Lots of big games, lots of big things happened. And it was uh, right before the college uh, football committee released their first set of rankings the season, separate from the AP poll and the coaches poll, although the AP poll tends to replicate what the college football committee poll does um, from here on out the rest of the season. Now, number one, Georgia beat Florida 42 to 20 in the greatest outdoor cocktail party. Not much of a battle there. Stenson Bennett, 316 and two touchdowns. Bowers, five catches for 154 yards and a touchdown. The greatest tight end at the position there. Anthony Richardson actually put up 271 yards passing in the game. And Georgia had three turnovers, but Florida still couldn't do anything with them and were just crushed in this game. They were now four and four on the season. Number two, Ohio State overcame number 13, Penn State. The Buckeyes outscored the Nittany Lions 28 to 17 in the fourth quarter alone to pull it out 44 to 31 overall. They had a more difficult time than the Wolverines did. Um, There, but it was a road game for them. C.J. Stroud, 354 yards, only one touchdown. Marvin Harris Jr., 10 grabs for 185 yards. Sean Clifford had another great um, throwing game, 371 yards and three touchdowns for him. Washington at the receiving position, 11 catches for 179 and a touchdown as they had to throw to stay in the ball game. But ultimately, Ohio State. With the big one there, four turnovers by Penn State in this game certainly did not help them out at all. The Buckeyes would finish the season with both Marvin Harrison Jr. and Ibuka top in most receiving statistical categories. Harrison Jr. would be sixth in total receiving yards with 1,263 and fourth in touchdowns with 14. Ibuka would be ninth in receiving yards and 13th. Uh, in touchdowns received. So two top receivers there. No doubt they'll be uh, back up there again in this upcoming season. Number three, Tennessee crushed. Number 19, Kentucky four to 44-6. Four, and you'll see that that made waves, obviously, with the college football um, playoff committee moving them up quite a few spots. Hooker 245 yards, three touchdowns. Hyatt 138 and two touchdowns on five catches. Number four, Michigan destroyed its rival Michigan State, twenty-nine to seven. Number eight, Oregon started slow, but Nix fired up for six touchdowns and at 42 to 24 California win. Now number seven TCU beat West Virginia 41 to 31. Duggan put up 341 yards, three touchdowns, and West Virginia and JT Daniels fall to three and five on the season. You could see things obviously were going south for that particular team, and a bowl game berth was going to be in question there. But TCU went from unranked to a top ten team and continued to win. USC held on to the 10th spot and fought off Arizona 45-37. to 37. Caleb Williams did not have his top two receivers, including Jordan Addison, and still put up 411 yards and five touchdowns. Delora managed to put up 380 yards and three touchdowns himself and actually led the Wildcats in rushing with 54 yards as well, but it's just not enough to pull an upset there for Arizona. Utah, the Utes ranked 14th, survived Washington State 21-17. to 17. Now, Washington State scored 10 points in the fourth quarter. Uh, Utah didn't score any, so trying to make a comeback there, but ultimately just can't stay in the mix there. Utah had to start a different quarterback there in Bryson Barnes because Mr. Rising was a little knocked up uh, from the previous game, but the Utah Utes able to hang on there. NC State... Uh, lost to, oh no, they survived Virginia Tech, twenty-two to twenty-one in this one. But their starting quarterback as well was knocked out. Uh, Morris was in and played a few games for them last season. Not a particularly inspiring quarterback there, um, but managed to get them past a very bad Virginia Tech team. Texas A&M took another hit to move to three and five after losing to number fifteen Old Miss. 31 to 28, so the Rebels able to get back up and running again after their first loss of the season. But Texas A&M continuing the spiral downwards. However, Connor Wingman did start for them, 338 yards and four touchdowns for him. He started the last four games of the season, and he'll be the starter this upcoming year. Uh, A chain 138 30 yards on the ground. Uh, again, one of the most productive playmakers for them there. Jackson Dart three touchdowns judkins the running back 205 yards and a touchdown and a big win on the road there for the rebels Now, Notre Dame took another bite out of Syracuse, giving them their second loss of the year, moving them to six and two. They would finish seven and six overall after the hot start really went downhill after the Clemson game. They're still ranked 16th at the time, but they'd go on a road spiral. Notre Dame currently unranked, but would obviously move their way back into the standings. Not a great football game. Drew Payne completed nine of his passing attempts as he took over a quarterback for Notre Dame. We had a backup in for Syracuse at the position. Just not a great ballgame overall, but a big swing in where these two teams would end up. Number 20, Cincinnati loses 25-21 to, to Central Florida, moving both programs to 6-2. Obviously, the Knights would end up going to the conference championship game, so a big swing in the conference there and where things were headed. Number 21, North Carolina moves to 7-1 and one behind five Drake-made touchdowns over Pittsburgh who fell to five hundred at four and four? Israel had three touchdowns rushing in 127 yards for the Pittsburgh Panthers as the main part of that offense, but they cannot get it done. And staying in the SEC, a top ten team goes down in Wake Forest as they are six and two after this game. Louisville beats them; they move to five and three. It's a 48 to 21 stomping. Louisville scores 35 points. All in the third quarter, not much action other than that. Blake Cunningham's back in the starting lineup, but they do manage to get a big win there. And that defensive line turns into a real beast in the back end of the season for the Louisville Cardinals. And this is a part of that started rejuvenation there. Eight sacks on the day, I believe, for the Louisville Cardinals on Sam Hartman there in the backfield. Great job by the Cardinals there. And while that was going on, number 22, Kansas State, brought number nine, Oklahoma State, down several pegs and a stunning 48 to nothing win. Will Howard was filling in for the injured Adrian Martinez at quarterback for the Wildcats. Four touchdowns scored. This is one of those so lopsided, it's not quite worth looking at the box score. But everything went wrong for the Cowboys as they would end up going on a skid as well to finish the college football season. 7 and 6 is where this squad would end up record-wise after spending half of the year inside of the top 10. So a tough shakeout there for the Cowboys as well. The South Carolina Gamecocks finally make it up to top 25, make it up to 25th in the top 25 poll and promptly fall 23 to 10 to Missouri again that inconsistency in South Carolina's football team last year. Miami wins at Virginia. 14 to 12 in a four overtime game. Talk about miserable. Now, November 1st, the first NCAA playoff committee rankings came out. The top four looked like this Tennessee, Ohio State, Georgia, and Clemson. Tennessee moving up to number one there. Ohio State, Georgia, Clemson, not really too surprising in that particular group. Michigan, Alabama, TCU at the seventh spot, Oregon, USC, and LSU rounded out the top 10 group there. But again, Tennessee, that sticking point up there at number one, was a surprise team that ended up falling out, unfortunately. And uh, TCU worming its way up into the top four, of course, by the time the season ended. So... Just a, just a little snapshot there, and keep in mind this upcoming season when we get to that time that we could see quite a bit of a shakeup when the Final Four are settled from when they're first introduced around Halloween time. And here is one of the big ones. On week 10, number one, Tennessee, heading to number three, Georgia. 27-13 to 13 is the final here. If you remember the game, it felt like... 40 to 3 with Georgia taking a 24 to 6 half time lead. The turnover margin was actually 2 to 2, but Georgia had 6 sacks, 8 tackles for loss. They held the Vols to 2 for 14 on third down. They promptly Ripped that rating right away from them. It was a blood blath of blood bludgeoning. I believe I went and got an oil change in the middle of this game. Just a terrible, terrible look for Tennessee heading into Georgia there and getting absolutely torn up and down. Stenson Bennett had himself a nice little field day there. Didn't put up a lot of numbers, but just a lot of jubilation on the Georgia sideline as they constantly cracked the voles over the head for the entire late afternoon there. Now Ohio State struggled with Northwestern, much like Penn State did. They pulled away 21 to seven. Nothing really impressive about that game. Maybe that was the wind game. Strong wind. I thought it was the Penn State one, but perhaps it was the Ohio State game. 17 to 7 was the final Penn State Northwestern. 21 to 7, the final Ohio State and Northwestern. Is there something there? Probably not. Number four, Clemson goes down to Notre Dame, 35 to 14. So right off the bat, number one Tennessee and number four Clemson goes down two of the teams in the playoff top four. And on top of that, number six, Alabama, number six in the AP poll. They lose an overtime to death in Death Valley to number 10, LSU. They go for it on that two-point conversion, if you remember, and come down with it 32-31 to in a back-and-forth game. Now let's go back to the Clemson game for just a brief moment there. Notre Dame getting its feet under itself a little bit. Only 85 yards passing from Pine. Not a great uh, job there from the quarterback position. Angleli only 193 yards passing. Not a lot of offense in this game altogether. Just a really exhausting experience to watch again. 281 yards of offense from Clemson, 348 from Notre Dame, which is not for nothing. Uh, Diggs at running back had 114, SMA had 104, if I'm pronouncing that correctly. Um, But just a really uh, struggle, struggle all the way around for for both football teams. Notre Dame does end up going six for 12 on third down. Clemson is four for 11, but just not uh, terribly productive on either side of the football for these teams. And Clemson ultimately ends up making a quarterback change. Um, Klubnik does come in for one pass attempt that is intercepted. And that's about um, how that goes there. Now, Alabama going down in Death Valley to LSU. Again, some offensive issues here for the Tide as they struggled to find playmakers. A stamp of last season, which is unfortunate to kind of um, not have a talent like Bryce Young finding a lot of great weapons out there. He did have 328 yards passing, found the end zone one time for a touchdown he was 25 for 52 throwing the football Um, Brooks at the receiver position had 19 targets caught seven of them for 97 yards and a touchdown he had a long ball of 41 yards Gibbs the running back 15 yards rushing 11 targets throwing the ball Uh, eight of them caught Um, again just a main piece of that offense there Alabama's got to find something else this season. He can't carry the entire load there. Jaden Daniels, 22 for 34 for 182 yards, passing two touchdowns, 95 yards on the ground and two touchdowns as well, very much carrying the offensive load for LSU. Alabama does end up with 100 more yards of offense, but eight different guys have to catch passes in order to get there. And again, requires a Herculean effort by Gibbs. And ultimately, it's just LSU producing when they have to in order to win this football game the game did go into overtime here is the Alabama touchdown Uh, there was a pass interference call that extended the drive and allowed them to score LSU on a Jaden Daniels keeper in turn able to run it in from quite a few yards out and then decided to go for two and the win
2: Waddell Williams puts Alabama on top with his second touchdown tonight. Keeper escapes, makes a cut, Daniels is back! They still had an extra guy in the field. Barely get him off. Daniels for the win. Caught. It's gone. LSU does it. Mason Taylor.
0: Now, in the USC, who's ranked number nine, it has to fight off another tough Opponent, another tough game, I should say. And Cal, 41 to 35 is the final there. It shouldn't have been a tough game, but much like Arizona, defense is a problem there, and they're able to fend off the Cal Bears barely. Uh, TCU's up to seventh. They fend off Texas Tech 34 to 24, the Red Raiders in a lot of football games in their own right as well. But TCU, Able to survive and, of course, move up the rankings after some of the upsets that week. Number 12, UCLA beats Arizona State 50-36 to 36 on the road. Four touchdowns behind Dorian Thompson-Robinson. A great job there with Arizona State slowly trying to uh, pick teams off here and there. But a great win, nevertheless, for UCLA as they move to 8-1 on the season. Texas, ranked 24th, goes on the road and beats Kansas State, 34 to 27. They were ranked 13th at the time. This moves both teams to six and three overall. Martinez has 329 yards passing and two touchdowns—a rarity for him to throw quite like that. Quinn Ewers, less than 200 yards, couple touchdowns. Bijan Robinson has 209 yards on the ground, though doing what he does best, and a great win on the road for Texas, who scores a majority of their points in the first half, only 32nd half points as they're able to hold on in Manhattan, Kansas there. Pittsburgh beats Syracuse 19-9, further continuing the spiral there for the Qs with a couple of middling teams battling in the ACC at that particular point. Oklahoma State loses 37-16 to to Kansas. A rough go there. NC State beats Wake Forest 30 to 21. Wake Forest is ranked 21st. NC State 22nd at this particular time. Florida State houses in-state rival Miami 45 to 30. Just a destructive performance as Miami continues a rough Debut season for Mario Cristobal here. It is just a a devastation, a backup quarterback in 37 yards passing Jordan Travis, 202 yards passing and three touchdowns. Just a rough go for Miami who only manages a very, very sad, um, 188 yards of total offense as the Seminoles more than double up on them. And, uh, very, very happy times for Florida State, who gets out of a three-game skid and finishes on a high note on the season, winning the rest of their games the rest of the way. Washington, was unranked at this time, beats Oregon State 24-21 to on a last-minute field goal. They would find themselves back in the rankings. Of course, they did not manage to get back into the Pac-12 Conference Championship game, but they would not lose again. Um, but somebody... Had to pick two of the best three teams to make it in. They did not play Utah or USC. Just a tough, uh, tough go there, and a non-round robin conference. And occasionally, you get these weird things that um that happen. But they managed to beat the Beavers, 24 to 21. And uh, Oregon State doesn't get a chance to beat any of the top competitors: USC, UCLA, Washington, Oregon. They get a shot at a few of them, I should say, but doesn't manage to beat any of them they fall to six and three washington up to seven and two only one touchdown from pen but 398 yards passing in the game
1: all three timeouts to work with plenty of time on the clock As Dre indicated Oduze with a spin move close to another huskies first down
2: right missed a tackle the
1: 25 team put in the college football playoff poll Will find their way back in those rankings next Tuesday night. A lot on the line in these final seconds. Davis is open in a diving grab. That'll be enough for a first down. Henry on the way and it's good.
0: Week eleven out. We are in the home stretch. Georgia is ranked number one again. They had to Starksville, Mississippi, and punch out the MSU Bulldogs forty-five to nineteen. Not a lot of problems there as they take care of business shutting down. Will Rogers, who still gets off 263 yards passing, but is not nearly as productive as usually is. Stenson Bennett, on the other hand, 289 and three passing touchdowns and able to take down the Bulldogs at home. TCU notches one of its biggest wins of the season. They move to 10-0 and by beating Texas 17-10. to And this moves Texas to 6-4 on the year at this particular point. Again, not a lot from the quarterbacks. 123 and a touchdown from Duggins. 171 from Quinn Ewers. He starts to get a little pushback in the media that he's not attempting enough putting enough effort into his passes, I should say, um, and he starts to get a rough narrative. He's 17 for 39 in this ball game and has an interception, and uh, as much hype as he's getting this upcoming year, the 23-24 season, uh, just remember that things got a little weird at the end of last year, coming back from his injury where his effort was uh, questioned a little bit in the media. We'll see how things go as they are the prohibitive favorite this upcoming season. Um, but they did lose at home to TCU and fell to 6-4. and four. The Horned Frogs making their run in their way towards the college football playoffs. Uh, less than 500 combined yards between these two teams. 199 for Texas and 290 for TCU. Just an ugly sloth of a game. Uh, if that's an adjective to describe it. Uh, Number 25, Washington back in the rankings. They beat number six, Oregon on the road in Eugene, 37 to 34. This was a big game for them. 408 yards passing for Penix Jr., two touchdowns, 280. 80 yards throwing and two touchdowns for Bo Nix. He also uh, Scooby Doo's runs for 59 yards and a touchdown as well. These teams combined for over 1,100 yards of total offense, but it is indeed Washington that goes on the road and grabs a very big win here washington's only five for nine on third down they pick up 24 first downs and it's just non-stop points here Uh, 9.1 yards uh, per attempt here Oregon, on the other hand uh, 7 for 14 on third down they do go for uh, fourth downs four times three for four converting 32 first downs just non-stop offense all over this ball game no turnovers on either side Penalties are relatively low, twelve combined, so it's not uh, out of this world like some of these games are. And just a, a just an offensive explosion like you would expect from some of these Pac-12 teams. Number seven LSU beat Arkansas thirteen to nothing on the road to continue their march there in a low scoring affair to the uh, SEC championship game made sure not to fall off the horse there after beating Alabama and Alabama themselves dropped to number nine and they played a tough game in Old Miss on the road number 11 and survived another close game 30 to 24 managed to hang in there but again Alabama playing a lot of close games last year got nipped a couple times managed to survive that one
1: Alabama 28 and it's Judkins again and he still going inside the 15-yard line 10 Dart now that's not working dropped at the 20. Yeah, they're ready for that aren't they Byron Young so Alabama's been in four of these games right last play Dart to the end zone incomplete broken up by Brian Branch Intended for Jonathan Mingo, and there's a smile on the face of Nick Saban right now, maybe for the first time in a couple of weeks.
0: Number 12, UCLA lost at home to that feisty Arizona Wildcat team, 34-28. to Their second loss of the year, their second conference loss, knocking them at this particular point out of the conference race, especially with a week to go, 315 yards passing and two touchdowns from Delora Thompson Robinson, 241, uh, 45 yards and a touchdown. Cabernet did have 182 yards rushing and three more touchdowns as one of the great backs in college football. And there's a fleet of them, but he did an excellent, excellent job there. Tough time um, converting on third downs for UCLA, five for 13, while Arizona was batting 50% and turnover as well for UCLA helped um, put them in a tough position as well as the Wildcats finally grabbed one of the top teams there and just a great job winning on the road in Los Angeles. North Carolina ranked 15th, went on the road there and was able to punch out Wake Forest 36 to 34. A field goal in the fourth was the difference. Um, 490 yards for Wake Forest. Sam Hartman, four touchdowns, 320 yards. Drake May, Three touchdowns 448 yards 584 total yards of offense for North Carolina for those keeping tabs at home over a thousand yards combined offense Josh Downs had 11 catches for 154 yards and three of those touchdowns and just an offensive shootout North Carolina was 10 for 16 on third down Wake Forest was three for 12. And yet this game went down to the very wire. North Carolina kicked the field goal with just two minutes left in the game. Notre Dame survives Navy. They are ranked 20th, but they won there. Illinois loses to Purdue in a game that made a difference in the West Conference race there. So that was the big trip up for the fighting Illini, despite a great defensive front and one of the best defenses in the country with a whole slew of them coming from the, uh, the Big Ten, and particularly the West Division there. Illinois, Iowa, even Minnesota was in the mix. Um, so a lot of great defenses there in the West Division. Um, offense is a little iffy as well, but Illinois, tough loss there to the Purdue Boilermakers, and that could have made the difference there in the conference title race. Three touchdowns for Aiden O'Connell, 237 yards passing. And Chase Brown, one of the best running backs in the country, has 98 yards and two touchdowns for the fighting Illini, who do score in every single quarter, but can't quite get it done. Syracuse loses again to number 23 Florida State this time 38 to three, as the Seminoles continue to fire up there. Oklahoma loses again to woeful West Virginia. South Carolina falls 38 to six to Florida in the swamp. That's not a great look there. Texas Tech punches out Kansas 43 to 28. NC State, who's ranked 16th at the time, loses 21 to 20 to a god awful. Boston College team in the final seconds there. They had tons of offensive line injuries last year to the point that they were converting defensive linemen. Uh, neither team had its uh, starting quarterback. Just a horrible watch there. And another notable game was number 22 Central Florida beating number 17 Tulane on the road 38-31. to 31. These teams would rematch in the conference championship game in a couple of weeks. But Pratt, the starting quarterback for Tulane in this game, had three touchdowns. Spears, one of the best running backs in the country, had 130 yards on eight carries. Plumley, a great dual threat for Central Florida, 132 yards passing, 176 rushing, three total touchdowns in a good football game there that would be rematched later on in the conference championship game. So those are the footnotes and the main notes. For week 11 as we're thinning out in the meaningful games towards the back end of the season now to bridge into week 12 here Kentucky lost in both week 11 and week 12 to very different quality opponents first losing to Vanderbilt in week 11 and a shocker as that program has slowly been trending upwards just a tough loss there for the Wildcats and that offensive line which is one of the worst and uh, turned around and lost to Georgia in Week 12, 16-6, kept it close there. And um, Georgia's not able to exploit that offensive line as well. And they hang for a bit before ultimately losing in the final game of the season. Ohio State pushes past Maryland's good Past defense, forty-three to thirty. There, Michigan survives Illinois, nineteen to seventeen. Able to make a move there past that great defensive front. And you have to remember the Wolverines played several close games last year: Iowa, Illinois, and another one against uh, Maryland as well. But they made it past Illinois. There, TCU 29 to 28 over Baylor in a back and forth game. TCU's run onto the field with the clock running to kick the game-winning field goal. Certainly, you remember that football game. Now, TCU eight of the past nine games won by 10 points or less at SMU against number 18 at the time, Oklahoma. At number nineteen, Kansas. Number eight, Oklahoma State. Number seventeen, Kansas State. At West Virginia, Texas Tech. At number eighteen, Texas. The week before, and now over Baylor. Just a wild string of games that they had to win in order to make it to the playoffs, of course.
1: It's a spike on second and seven. So now it's third and seven with twenty-two seconds left. Third down, another run. De Mercado. Going to get on the field. Yeah, he got a hustle here. Wow. A run. And now it's a total scramble. Emergency mode for the unbeaten Horn.
0: In a couple of huge Pac-12 games, number 7, USC wins the Battle of LA 48-45 over number 16, UCLA, which officially knocks the Bruins out of any Pac-12 conversation, discussion. Terribly unfortunate uh, for that team. 470 yards passing for Caleb Williams and a couple touchdowns. uh, Another one rushing. DTR, 309 yards passing and four touchdowns. He has three interceptions, does have 75 yards and two yards rushing. So altogether, just over 380 yards of total offense and six touchdowns for him. But the turnovers are killer. And uh, USC and UCLA combined throw up almost 1,200 yards of total offense. But again, the turnover margin is 4-1, to one, favoring USC One of the top teams in forcing turnovers. I believe they're number one last season and coming away big there in the Battle of Los Angeles. In the other bracket, Oregon and Utah and the Mighty Ducks come away 20-17 to over Utah as Cam Rising throws three interceptions of his own and a critical loss here. Bo Nix has 287 yards tossing. And uh, I believe this is one of the games where he was banged up a bit, but he manages to move and pick up a key uh, conversion on fourth down to win this football game. Yep. Uh, Kincaid 11 catches for 99 yards for Utah, but it is not enough. South Carolina moves to 7-4 and four by pulling off another huge shocker, Spencer Rattler, 438 yards passing and six touchdowns as they upset Tennessee, 63-38 in a thumping beatdown. Hendon Hooker does play a good chunk of this, 247 yards and three touchdowns, but he goes down with what would be a season-ending knee injury and Back-to-back wins, Clemson and Tennessee for South Carolina after an up-and-down season, mostly down, and all of a sudden Tennessee just shooting straight down to zero and a very devastating loss here, just complete destruction at the hands of the Gamecocks. Um, North Carolina is ranked 13th. They take a brutal loss at home to Georgia Tech again. Um, Replaced their coach already a few games in. Josh Downs drops a touchdown pass late. And this team completely implodes, just a tough loss there. Um, Old Miss loses to Arkansas, 42-27. to 27. They were ranked 14th at the time. Number 20, Central Florida, loses 17-14 to 14 to Navy, which helps lock uh, Tulane to, to the AAC, American Conference Championship game. Florida falls to Vanderbilt, giving Vanderbilt another key staple win. A tough loss for them there. In non-football related news, Akron and Buffalo's game has actually moved due to snow, as is the Buffalo Bills game on Sunday um, in a weird anomaly that we see due to the uh, weather once in a while. And in a very, very sad circumstance, Virginia and Coastal Carolina, their game is canceled due to a campus shooting on Virginia's campus. And of course, Virginia decides to cancel the rest of their football season. Thanksgiving week is week 13. Number 20, Old Miss fell again 22 to 22 in the egg bowl to their rival Mississippi State on Thanksgiving Day. Old Miss comes up short on a two-point conversion and both teams end up finishing the regular season at 8 and 4. The following day, Black Friday, Texas takes down Baylor 38 to 27. Texas finishes 8 and 4. It's not the season that they expected to have, but it wasn't for Baylor either who finishes 6 and 6 on the year after the Big 12 Conference Championship appearance the year previous. Quinn Ewers less than 200 yards passing. Bijan Robinson did have 179 yards and a couple touchdowns in a great game for him there. UCLA survives Another feisty battle by California there, 35-28 to 28 after playing well against Notre Dame and a couple other squads. Now, Cal's quarterback, Jake Plummer, who I'm not I've not talked about that much, but you probably haven't heard a lot about either unless you're watching a lot of Cal games. He had four touchdowns here on the game, 294 yards total. He was actually a pretty good performer on the season for a pretty awful roster there. In Cal, and he's transferring to Louisville this season, who has a new head coach, has an easy schedule. So keep an eye out to see how productive he'll be this upcoming season. A lot of people are optimistic that Louisville will be in the mix for the ACC conference. Uh, title this upcoming year. We'll see about that. Uh, Tulane is ranked 19th. They win 27 to 24 over number 24 Cincinnati on the road, and they're able to clinch the American Conference Championship uh, berth, I should say, into the Conference Championship game. Uh Pratt has 162 yards passing and a touchdown. Not super spectacular there, but Spears, more importantly, 181 yards rushing and two touchdowns for the great running back there, and just a iffy performance by Cincinnati at home. The great Tulane Green Wave defense, again, turning it around from the year previous with only two wins. 383 yards of offense isn't spectacular. 337 for Cincinnati. The offenses are combined 9 for 28 on third down. Really atrocious there. So really a defensive battle in Ohio. Boise State. 42 to th- 42 to 23 over Utah state and they finish eight and zero in the mountain west and walk their way into the mountain west conference championship game just a big victory for a team we haven't spoken a lot about there and you probably didn't watch a whole lot of last season uh, but they did have a lot of success in the regular season mountain west conference uh not as challenging, I would say, last season as they can be in some years. And NC State wins in Chapel Hill, North Carolina in double overtime, 30-27 to 27 over number 17. North Carolina dealing another blow after the Georgia Tech loss. Just uh, tough a tough way to end the season for North Carolina. It's defense not um, stepping up as you'd hope they would. Drake May, 233 yards and a touchdown. They're only 5 for 20 on third down. NC State is on its third quarterback, and he throws 27 for 40 for 271 and two touchdowns. That's Ben Finley. They're only 4 for 16 on third down, yet, uh, we get 330 yards of offense out of NC State and 351 yards out of North Carolina as they take a critical loss at home. In the ball game, and just a big win for NC State, which again, struggling with offense in general. And that was before um, they ended up playing three quarterbacks, but they finished eight and four on the season. North Carolina, nine and three. Those are the regular season finishes for those two squads. Now, the Saturday slate was phenomenal. We had number three, Michigan, beating Ohio State. Number two, Ohio State, 45-23, to 23, and the Buckeyes actually led 20-17 to 17 at the half. They had two turnovers late in this game that prevented them from getting back into it. J.J. McCarthy had 262 yards passing and three touchdowns as he put the ball in the air. He also had a rushing touchdown as well, pushing one through. Two touchdowns for Edwards as well. 160 yards and two touchdowns for Johnson at the receiving position. C.J. Stroud did have 349 yards passing and two touchdowns, but man, it just looked like the Ohio State defense was stuck in the mud there, and they're going to have to make some adjustments moving forward as far as what that defense is doing on the back end. The ball was just thrown all over in the back end there, and then the defensive line was just mushed by the end of the game as well when Edwards took an 85-yard touchdown to the house. So really, just a bad look by Ohio State there. Ibuka still had nine catches for 125 yards and a touchdown. Harrison Jr. still had seven catches for 120 yards and a touchdown. So the offense was there, 492 yards and 530 yards of total offense for Michigan. Just a Amazing turnaround for Michigan, two games in a row now. And it doesn't really seem to matter who's playing at home in this series. Obviously, Ohio State had won, I think it was eight consecutive games in the series at one point. And now Michigan's won two games in a row. So this year they'll be playing in Ann Arbor, but I'm not sure that home field really matters. So another big matchup coming this year. um, But Michigan winning back-to-back games over Ohio State just huge and a big game late in the season last year LSU number five loses at College Station to Texas A&M Texas A&M ended up uh, there four and seven at that point moving to five and seven not making a bowl game And just a a sudden loss there, kind of like the year prior when LSU and Ed Ogeron wasn't going anywhere and they pulled an upset of their own over, uh, I believe it was Texas A&M, I believe it was the other way around there. But the Tigers were still going to head to the conference championship game. Just a weird way for the number five team in the country to go down on the road there in the last week of the regular season. The Iron Bowl was won by Alabama 49-27. to They managed to put a good game together there. 343 yards by Bryce Young and three touchdowns and a, a nice win there. Clemson lost 31-30 to to South Carolina in the Clemson Tigers never lose at home. That is such a rarity. 99 yards passing for DJ Ungaleli. Not a good look there. South Carolina then rolls up two big wins in a row over Clemson and Tennessee. Spencer Rattler 360 yards of offense and two touchdowns and those are the two big games that have such hype going for South Carolina heading into this upcoming season uh, where they're cracking the top 25 in a few preseason areas. We'll see what happens moving forward. Spence Rattler still on the roster there, and just a good time for Beamer Ball there, Frank Beamer. Uh, doing a good job with that roster there in South Carolina. Kansas State locks up the Big 12 Conference Championship with a 47-27 to 27 win over poor little Kansas on a slide there. Just can't uh, keep up the scoring pace, giving up nearly 50 in that game. Jaden Daniels only 168 yards passing Will Howard's back in at quarterback for the Wildcats, 213 yards and two touchdowns, 147 yards on the ground for Deuce Vaughn and a touchdown. He also led the team in uh, receiving yards with 82 as well for that group, and they moved to 9-3 and three on the year. Kansas still making a bowl game, though, at 6-6. Six and six. Washington plays a good Washington State team, and, um, it should have been a good rivalry game, but Washington just blew them out of the water. They were ranked 14th at the time. 51-33 to 33 was the final. Pennix rolled up 485 yards of total offense, three touchdowns as well. He would finish number two in the country in passing yardage with 4,641. He was just behind Austin Reed of Western Kentucky, a very prolific passing offense there. Austin Reed, as a side note, would briefly enter the transfer portal this past offseason before deciding to return to Western Kentucky. So he would be back there again trying to lead the country in passing yardage. He had 4,744 last year, about 100 ahead of Pinnocks. Number 22, UCF battled and survived this feisty South Florida team, which was really atrocious last year, 46-39, the Bulls, 1 and 11 on the year. Uh, their starting quarterback was a transfer out of Baylor, uh, which had two quarterbacks uh, fighting in the 2021 season for that starting position. Jerry Bohannon was the name, and actually, he was benched for this particular game. Uh, Byron Brown was the starting quarterback, but regardless, rough year for South Florida there. Number one, Georgia, beat up on Georgia Tech 37 to 14. Number four, TCU. Crushes Iowa State 62 to 14, the biggest whooping the Cyclones got the entire season. Number six, USC took down number 15, Notre Dame, 38 to 27. A very nice victory for USC there, even though it was in, on the non conference schedule, of course. Uh, Mr. Caleb Williams rolled up 232 yards of offense and one touchdown, struggling there with the offense a bit. Jordan Addison back in, three catches. 45 yards. Drew Payne on the other side, actually 318 yards and three touchdowns for Notre Dame, as he got in the mix a little bit. Eight catches for 98 yards and two touchdowns from their star tight end Michael Myers. The Trojans are able to force two turnovers as they lead the country in turnover margin and uh, take the victory in that ball game. Tennessee crushes Vanderbilt. The Vols ranked 10th at the time. 56 to nothing is the final score there, as power armed quarterback Joe Melton takes the rollback over there. Of course, Hendon Hooker uh, was originally Joe Milton's backup after the 2021 season. Joe had beaten him out. They were both transfers, Joe from Michigan, Hendon Hooker from Virginia Tech. Joe had won the starting job and immediately went down with an injury in the opener against a Bowling Green. And Hooker took the starting job and held on to it through the end of the 2021 season and last year, the 2022 season, until... In turn, Hooker was injured and Milton took the spot back. Now that Hooker's gone and he's a Detroit Lion, Joe Milton will be the starter and will not have a competition for the spot unless he struggles. He's known for his strong arm and not necessarily his accuracy. But in this particular game against Vanderbilt, it was very much a ground game. Wright had five carries. Went for 160 yards and two touchdowns. Joe Milton just 147 yards passing and a touchdown and blowing out Vanderbilt and preventing them from making a bowl game. Number 11, Penn State buries Michigan State 35-16. Four more Sean Clifford touchdowns, rushing and passing combined. Louisville makes it to 25th in the rankings finally and then loses 26-13 to rival Kentucky both teams end up finishing 7-5. Now, the Cards defensive front was one of the leaders in the country over the back half of the season in sacks. It turned into a really uh, devastating group of guys. Normally Cunningham at quarterback in this game. He was banged up. Oklahoma State loses another game. Of course, they were top 10 in the country at one point. They lose to West Virginia, who does not make a bowl game, and they end up finishing 7-5. and five. James Madison and Coastal Carolina. Both start the season 5-0. and It's James Madison's first season at the FBS level. They're not allowed to make it to a bowl game or get a bowl invite, unfortunately. Um, but they do win 47-7 over Coastal to move to 8-3. That's James Madison. And Coastal finishes 9-2 in the season. The Purdue Boilermakers win 30-16 over Indiana. And that's enough to lock up a Big Ten Conference Championship slot. Uh, Minnesota beats Wisconsin 23-16 to 16 in Madison to move to 8-4. and four. Mo Ibrahim would finish third in rushing nationally and tied for first in rushing touchdowns with 20. That's tied with Israel over there of Pittsburgh. He was one spot ahead of Illinois' Chase Brown in total rushing yardage. A lot of good backs in the Big Ten. Uh, last season. Brad Roberts of Air Force was number one in rushing, and Dwayne McBride of UAB was really stunning. He was number two in rushing yardage, tied for third in rushing touchdowns with 19. He also averaged 7.4 yards per carry, which was the most among running backs with at least 100 carries. He had 233 on the season, a great back there from UAB. Now, Duke, Finished 8-4 on the season. They beat Wake Forest 34-31, an unranked Wake Forest team by the end of the season. And a great year by Duke with a great quarterback there as well. And Riley Leonard, he will return this upcoming season. Oklahoma finishes 6-6 after losing to Texas Tech 51-48 in overtime. Just a very difficult season for the Oklahoma Sooners and Brad Venables' first season.
1: Short of the line to gain, play of the game in overtime. Wolf with the attempt, 35 yards for the win. Diddy, he did. Texas Tech, a winner.
0: The rivalry game, formally called the Civil War, between number nine Oregon and number 23 Oregon State was indeed at home for the Beavers and Oregon was ahead 31 to 10 heading into the fourth quarter. Oregon State scores three touchdowns in about 3 minutes of game time and hold on to the lead for the entire back end of the fourth quarter, including a situation where Oregon is in the red zone inside the five and attempting a fourth and goal at one point. And Oregon State makes a stand and holds on to the lead for almost seven minutes, 38 to 34, and that is the final score of the ball game as they pulled just a tremendous upset. Number 21, Oregon, over number nine, Oregon State. That was one of the bigger upsets in the final week of the regular season, along with Clemson, South Carolina, Ohio State, Michigan, and um, I guess those were the, the biggest ones there. But that was just oh, Texas A&M, LSU, USC over Notre Dame, I guess wasn't as big of an upset, but just a, a great laundry list of good games on the last week of the regular season. Conference Championship Week opens up with a bang between Buffalo and Akron. Semi-kidding. They play their rescheduled snow-out game, and Buffalo wins it 23-22, to 22. To uh, put themselves into a bowl game. That's the only reason that game was rescheduled. Akron finishes the season two and 10. But our non Power 5 bowl matchups include Toledo over Ohio. The Toledo Rockets finished the season 8-5, and 17-7 win over Ohio, who is nine and 9-4 after a loss at Ford Field. Dequan Finn, out of Detroit, Michigan, was a great quarterback for Toledo last season. A good dual threat, I should say, with his scrambling ability. Struggled a bit throwing the ball, but... Uh, on a complete Toledo roster there uh, and able to win the MAC conference championship. Now, Ohio has a real quarterback as well, and he'll be returning to the MAC this season. He was hurt in this particular game in the conference championship. They do have a superstar there, and Curtis Rourke, the 6'5 senior out of Oakville, Ontario. I believe it is, uh, will indeed be back at quarterback there this season for Ohio. Hopefully in a little bit better roster. Be nice to see him win at least a MAC championship before he takes a swing at making it into the uh, NFL. That'd be great. It's been a while since we've seen a MAC guy have a real shot there. So keep an eye on Ohio this upcoming season. But they did fall to Toledo last year, 17-7 to in the uh, Sun Belt. Troy actually won it. 45 to 26, and I was talking down on the team earlier. Eleven and two was their final record on the year. They beat Coastal Carolina, who finished nine and three. Grayson McCall, who was injured in the back half of the season, came back. 319 yards and three touchdowns for that great quarterback. Mobley is top receiver, seven catches, 109 yards and a touchdown. Gabe Watson, 318 yards and three touchdowns for the Troy Trojans, who were able to make their way in and win the conference championship game. Um, Coastal Carolina had some real defensive issues last year, and quarterback can make a big difference. Troy had a more complete team as well on the defensive end, and uh, the Sun Belt teams, Appalachian State, fell aside after some uh, great wins and great games early against Power 5 teams, obviously. North Carolina and Texas A&M, Georgia State and South Alabama, both uh, great feisty teams but not able to win the conference. Louisiana post Billy Napier wasn't able to quite get there either. Southern Miss who pulled a big win against Tulane out of conference, not able to make it. Marshall had a few too many losses. James Madison Actually uh, finished with the same record as Coastal Carolina in their division of the Sun Belt, but not eligible. And, um, yeah, so still some good teams there. But uh, Troy, as much as I uh, talked about them, I believe it was in the first part of the episode, um, just able to win the Sun Belt here in a very, I think, competitive uh, conference at the non-Power 5 level. Moving on here to the – let's do the Mountain West – Boise State undefeated in conference play. They fall, though, to Fresno State, 28-16. Both teams finish 9-4 overall. Now, Jake Hayner was a great quarterback for Fresno State. He himself suffered injuries this season, so Fresno did take a couple losses in there. But, again, great quarterback play in the non-Power 5 level. Can really elevate you. We saw Carson Strong and Nevada do it. A couple seasons back, um, although they were short of the Mountain West Conference Championship, but he really pulled that team with receiver Josh Dobbs, who's now a Green Bay Packer. And we'll see what he can do in the pro leagues um, this year as well in his second season. But the Broncos had two turnovers in this game, uh, both of them by the new quarterback under center and Talon Green, who will again be uh, back this season and will hopefully be uh, at the helm of a much better Broncos uh, football team. Less than 600 yards of total offense in this game, so a thin margin here as the defenses uh, really did a good job of keeping each other in check. And uh, the Mountain West Conference champion last year was the Fresno State Bulldogs. But Boise will look to bounce back and run the conference next season. Tulane and UCF, just the teams we thought would be in the American Conference title game. Uh, was, <laughs> Cincinnati and Houston were the two thought to be on a collision course. But it's Tulane and UCF who were ranked 18th and 22nd respectively at the time. Tulane wins it. They finish 11-2. and two. After a reverse of that, a 2 and 10 season the year before again, UCF 9 and 2. It was a 45 to 28 battle there. Uh, Plumley again in at quarterback for Central Florida, the dual threat quarterback in Matthew Pratt in for the Tulane Green Wave. 394 yards he puts up passing and four touchdowns. And again, Taj Spears at the running back position, 199 yards. On the ground and a touchdown. Watts at the receiving uh, position, three catches. 134 yards, just absolutely wild and uh, really putting a lot of points there on Central Florida. They do turn the ball over three times. They have a negative three turnover margin, yet they put up 238 yards more total offense. And that is the difference. UCF is six for 23 on third downs. They face a ton of them. The Green Wave are four for 11, but face Half as many. UCF is also 7 for 10 on 4th down. Just have to try and move the ball. Just can't get a lot going on 1st and 2nd down ever. And the Green Wave, again, ultimately wave goodbye to the CF, UCF. Um, Golden Knights there. In the Conference USA championship game, UTSA, which made a stellar run, finished the season 11-2 by beating North Texas, who was 7-6, a great offense on both sides there, 48-27, to 27. again, Frank Harris, a super quarterback there, will be one of the best non-Power 5 quarterbacks back in the saddle again this season, I don't know if he's a near 6 or like 7 of eligibility, 341 yards and 4 touchdowns in this game. His uh, top receiver, uh, Zach Franklin, I believe it is, 10 receptions for 144 yards and three touchdowns. They might have the three best receivers returning in the American Conference this upcoming season as they make the transition from Conference USA to the American Conference, and that's going to do a whole lot of damage. Uh, Zakiri Franklin, I apologize. At receiver, and they're going to do a lot of damage in conference USA this season, as they put up 200 more yards of offense than the Texas North Texas Mean Green do in conference USA. UTSA I think will be one of the most exciting teams to watch on television, even if uh, the quality competition isn't there to week to week. That'll be a fun team to watch this upcoming season. Now, the Power Five conference championship games, a few of these are kind of what you expected. Georgia did beat LSU 50 to 30, if you recall, not really much of a ball game. They were up 35 to 10 at the half. Backup quarterback in for uh, uh, LSU, a guy that can still play, a guy that's still on the roster heading into this season. So for some reason, Jalen Daniels is having trouble throwing the ball down the football field and Garrett Neusmeyer. Will be there almost three hundred yards in this game and a couple touchdowns on Georgia, but Stenson Bennett, four touchdowns, two hundred and seventy four yards they put up over two hundred yards rushing on the ground as well, and just tear apart l s u less than fifty yards rushing for the tigers and um they they still manage more more yards through the air, but just a tough time, and trying to get back into this game, and they can't do it against Georgia. Not uh, not a lot of shock there. We did get the TCU-Kansas State rematch, and Kansas State won this game, as you will remember. TCU won the first one. This time it was Kansas State winning 31-28. to Max Duggan, bleeding and beaten up by the time this is over. He led the team in rushing with 110 yards and a touchdown, 251 yards passing and a touchdown as well. Quinton Johnson did four catches for 139 On the other side for the Wildcats, 199 and two touchdowns for Will Howard back under center. Deuce Vaughn, 130 and one for that young man. But this came down right to the wire.
2: Weird start to the play. It's Duggan rolling. Makes a cut. Stretches. No signal. They're spotting short. Ball was snapped and he just, it's
1: like a backyard football play. Again, the toughness of this guy. Duggan stretches. Knees are... Mm.
2: Oh, they, it's the hip that landed did. first. It's a touchdown, but we're going to look at that elbow, forearm. Boom, forearm there. But the ball, if they if they review the spot, it's in. Duggan under center. Miller behind him. Miller's got the football. Fighting, stretching, no signal. Stock short. He's got the ball. No! Kansas State stops him. K-State's defense rises up on the goal line and denies Miller. And now any points on their possession will win them a Big 12 title, 31 yards out. Kansas State outlasts TCU. And they are Big 12 champions for the first time in a decade.
0: Stopped multiple times on the goal line in overtime. TCU comes away with zero points, including a big fourth down stop and zero points scored in overtime. So all Kansas State has to do is set up for a field goal, which they do, and kick it through at TCU's Playoff hopes are in danger as they move to 12-1. and one. And obviously we know how that turns out. But it was devastating at that particular moment. I thought in watching the game that Duggan got the ball over the goal line at one particular point, And they should have had a touchdown scored uh, before the ball went back to Kansas State. And we could have kept on resuming uh, play with them up a touchdown. But what do I know? It's not like I watch any football or anything. So that was a big game, obviously, one of the biggest games with uh, playoff implications on the line. Now, whether or not Michigan lost the Big Ten championship was probably irrelevant, although it cracked the door for Ohio State, both the TCU loss and if Michigan had suffered a defeat as well. They didn't. Forty-three to twenty-two. McCarthy had three touchdowns and only 161 yards passing. This was again a ground game. Aiden O'Connell 366 yards passing. They did get 71 yards on the ground um, for Maccabee. But um not much of a game going on here. Mr. Jones, 13 catches and 162 yards for the Boilermakers, but not much of a contest here for the Michigan Wolverines. In the uh, Pac-12 Conference Championship game, which is always played a day earlier on Friday in Paradise, Nevada at Allegiant Stadium, 47-24 to was the final. Utah, ranked 11th at the time, over USC, who was ranked 4th. This knocked them out of the playoffs for sure. They were 11-2. That was the finish there afterwards for USC was their final record. Utah was 10-3. Bad, because Caleb Williams was injured here after 363 yards passing and three touchdowns. Uh, They were not ahead when he was hurt, I don't believe, but he was making a real difference on the field. Cam rising 310 yards and three touchdowns. But this completely altered when uh, Caleb Williams got hurt. 14 points in the first quarter, 7 points, uh, 10 points total after that. Uh, They did score a touchdown late in the fourth. 23 points scored by Utah in the fourth quarter to put this game away. They just put tons of pressure on Caleb Williams. And the defense for USC could not keep Utah at bay. And that just made a tremendous difference. The field position battle as well. Uh, But Williams still looked absolutely phenomenal playing on a bad ankle there or high shin injury, uh, whichever it was. He'll look uh, good coming back this upcoming season. He is just a phenomenal talent. He's so phenomenal. A Jackson at the running back position. and Jackson had 105 yards rushing and two touchdowns and 13 attempts for Utah. And uh, Bernard, Mika Bernard, had 88 yards and a touchdown and 11 carries as well. And just a phenomenal game for Utah as they really got after. Um, USC there once Caleb Williams was a little banged up. They ended up with, I think, seven sacks on the game, 533 yards of total offense and a nice split there, and uh, USC 56 yards on the ground, 418 overall, and just a terrible end there. One for three on third down conversions. Just a shame that uh, Caleb Williams didn't get at least a shot at the playoffs there and got banged up very late. It was very... Uh, Patrick Mahomes feeling as Patrick Mahomes, of course, got hurt in the playoffs as well, but was able to limp his way to Super Bowl. It just seemed like uh, the top player in the NFL and the top player in college football at the quarterback position at the time, both getting hurt, um, was just very eerie to feel at that time in, in the football season. Last and least, North Carolina and Clemson, the Tar Heelers, whoa. Tar Heels coming in 9 and 4, 9 and 3 coming in, ended up 9 and 4. They get thumped by Clemson 39 to 10. There are no points scored by North Carolina in the fourth quarter by in the second half at all. No points scored in the fourth quarter. Drake May does pitch for 268. Uh, Josh Downs has 11 catches for 100 yards. Kate Klubnick is in at quarterback. He's a leading rusher for Clemson with 30 yards. That's disgusting. He also has 279 passing and a touchdown is DJ Ungaleli. Plays only a, a couple snaps. All the quarterbacks uh, get in off the bench here. Four guys take snaps. But Klubnick cements himself as the guy of the future. Drake May throws a couple picks. Does score a touchdown on the ground. But just a tough showing here uh, for North Carolina who ends up With the same yardage, really, as uh, Clemson here. But um, the turnovers absolutely kill them. Three total. They're not able to uh, really stop Clemson at all. They have a better third down conversion rate, certainly. But the turnovers are just devastating in the game. And Clemson just runs away with it. They're up 20 points halfway through the third. And it's just a devastating loss for NC uh, North Carolina, who backs their way into the game to begin with and then has a Piss poor showing, just embarrassing. So those are your conference champions: Georgia of the SEC, Michigan of the Big Ten, Kansas State of the Big Twelve. Surprisingly, Clemson of the ACC, and Utah of the Pac-12. Actually, not a lot of surprises there. Perhaps um, Kansas State being the most shocking. Toledo out of the MAC. There are a lot of preseason. Wild cards in the mix, but Toledo not surprising there. Fresno State out of the MAC, was not a long shot, uh, but Boise was again selected in there. Fresno with uh, Hayner was certainly in the mix, so not too stunning. Troy I think was a touch of a surprise. I think you could certainly find them as some uh, picks to win that, but Coastal Carolina certainly in the mix. Appalachian State I believe still was, but Troy in the Sun Belt. Tulane was completely out of left field in the American Conference, and UTSA was not shocking out of Conference USA. So at the end of the day, not a whole lot of surprises in the uh, 10 Conference Championship games. Let's talk about bowl games. Now, I've loved the four-game playoff setup that we've had. I've loved that we still have the New Year's Six bowl games and how important that those are. And I don't think I mind transitioning into a new uh, playoff bracket schedule as long as we're incorporating the Rose Bowl and the Orange Bowl in some of those important games. Everyone has a playoff structure. It's just been strange that the particular level of football at the highest degree does not. And uh, I understand things change. So still playing games at the Rose Bowl, Orange Bowl that matter in the postseason I think integrating that is fine. Now, bowl games, outside of that structure, moving forward, or even previously, in any context, have to be discussed. How weird they are. They're played two to four, six, five, seven weeks after the teams participating finish their regular season. They take place while guys are trying to finish finals trying to figure out what they're doing for the holidays, while coaches and players are trying to figure out if they are transferring schools, taking other jobs, going to the NFL. Some play guys sit out, some play. There's the aspect that it's flu season and sickness happens. It's away games for everybody. Everybody travels to different warm weather destinations to play in these games, other than a few exceptions. There are different uh, events that take place for each bowl game to the point where some guys, uh, you know, those rumors of some guys showing up to games, you know, hung over or tired from the night before because they've been participating in events. Fun for the guys, but uh, sometimes the fun bleeds over. And it's just a super weird time where, uh, you know, you can finish your regular season where you play every day on Saturday and it fits into your schedule to all of a sudden you're playing three weeks from now on a Wednesday at noon in Louisiana, in your Michigan state, for example, and you're fighting through your exams and the holidays and sickness and players moving around and coaches moving around and all the aspects that come with everything else in life and football, but It's just a game that's going on, and it screws up your practice times, and it's just so weird. It is so weird, and this doesn't happen in a lot of other sports except when you do weird exhibition games in the NBA sometimes and college basketball from time to time. But even then, it's usually part of a set schedule. When you do it within a week or a timeline ramping up to the regular season, if it's a preseason game, or sometimes a regular season game if it's a college basketball tournament. And it just makes sense in a certain structure. But even your practices are off for bowl games and there's just all kinds of weird stuff going on. With that being said, I still like them. They're still fun. It's still fun to turn on a game at noon on a Tuesday and see who's playing and what's going on. But they're all over the damn place and you have to understand that sometimes they're decent, sometimes they're surprising in a bad way, sometimes they're surprising in a good way, and sometimes they're complete garbage. So the Fenway Bowl, for example, 8-4 and four Louisville, 9-3 and three Cincinnati. Good matchup. Cincinnati has Power 5-level talent. Louisville's been improving as the season's been going along, but we know Cincinnati's coaching staff is on the way out. Luke Fickle's going to head to Wisconsin. Louisville wins 24-7, crushes Cincinnati in their offense, holds them to nothing. No points scored in the fourth quarter. Cincinnati doesn't score at all in the fourth and the second half. I mean, it's just a boring as hell game. 127 yards in the game for Cincinnati. That is insane and horrific. Florida has a bunch of players sit out. Anthony Richardson decides to go pro, which is actually stunning, stunning after his statistical year, and um, perhaps he is a raw tool prospect. We shall see with the Indianapolis Colts this season, but they get crushed by a good Oregon State team who would have been favored anyways with full rosters and full hearts in it, but 30-3 to 3 is the final Florida decides to kick a field goal at the end to not get shut out because they've won, I don't know, 200 and something consecutive games or not one. They've been in 200 something consecutive games. They've scored points in something. So just to stay uh, alive in that streak, they kicked a field goal at the end. Billy Napier made that decision. But still, they got wrecked by a good Oregon State team. Washington State, out of the Pac-12, pulls the winner of the Mountain West in Fresno State, and they put up less than 200 yards of offense as Fresno wins 29-6. to So that was also a sleeper there. That was the LA Bowl in SoFi Stadium. Now, a great game. Troy and UTSA, 24th and 25th ranked. Winners of Conference USA and the Sun Belt. I wish they'd played two other teams rather than each other. Maybe each played a power five team and kind of see where they were at. But Troy survived this one 18 to 12. I was right in uh, Orlando, close to where this bull was being played. And um, just a defensive battle back and forth here, actually. And Troy able to pull away. But not before there were seven turnovers in the game. And the teams were combined six for 25 on third down. That is bad football. Troy won the game with 169 yards of offense. UTSA at 345. That is disgusting. That is disgusting football. Eastern Michigan did go to the Potato Bowl. Only its seventh bowl game in school history. Only its second win in bowl history. They were nine and three entering. Uh, sorry, eight and four entering. Nine and four on the season after beating San Jose State forty-one to twenty-seven. A great win there for Eastern Michigan. San Jose State hasn't made a whole lot of bowls in their career either. And a solid win for the Eastern Michigan Eagles, I believe. Toledo wins. Over Liberty 21 to 19 in their game, the Boca Ration Bowl? Boca Ratten Bowl? Something like that. Anyways, uh, nice win for them after capping off the Mac Conference Championship game. LSU runner up to the SEC beats Purdue runner up to the Big Ten. 63-7 in the Citrus Bowl. That was disgusting. Mississippi State beats Illinois 19 to 10. Not particularly impressive performance by Will Rodgers, 261 yards as they win that one there. Penn State and Utah play a good game. Penn State comes out 35-21. to They take a nice lead into heading into the fourth quarter where they put up a couple touchdowns and just put Utah away. Sean Clifford, 279 yards and a couple touchdowns in his goodbye performance there. Lambert Smith at the receiver position, three catches, 124 yards for that guy. Alabama recovers from a tough season to crush Kansas State winners of the Big 12, 45 to 20. Bryce Young, 321 yards and five touchdowns. Are you kidding me? Where was that? The entire season as they crunch the uh, ninth-ranked Kansas State Wildcats. Alabama was fifth at the time. A big win there. Iowa, Kentucky in a god-awful Music City Bowl, 21 to nothing. Iowa. So a round of applause for that team. A few of the bigger-name teams in the better games. Tulane beating USC 46-45. to Caleb Williams was still hobbled, but he threw for 462 yards and five touchdowns. But Tulane is able to pull this one out. Spears had 205 yards and four rushing touchdowns. That is bonkers.
1: Fires. Incomplete for Bowman incomplete the official right there eric gentry there in
2: coverage and it's third and goal here it is again you're going to see he doesn't catch it clean but when he goes to the ground the ball never touches the ground it's in between his hands his legs and the db's arm let's bring in matt austin again our rules analyst what's your take matt
1: Yeah, Robert, you're exactly right. I don't see the ball touching the ground either. It is resting on both their hands He secures it before it ever touches. I think this is gonna be a touchdown One chance for Caleb Williams They're gonna try a bunch of laterals here Still on his feet Still alive Not advancing the ball a whole lot. And that might be it. It's over.
0: A 14-point deficit erased by that touchdown catch with eight seconds to go. Originally called incomplete, which was a horrific call. And uh, they sealed up the win. Sealed up the win. Good job by the waivers of Tulane. In the Sun Bowl, Pittsburgh played number 18 UCLA. Both teams would end up finishing 9-4 after Pittsburgh was able to bang in a last-second field goal. Um, Backups in for Pittsburgh. Dorian Thomas Robinson, 262 yards, throwing in a couple passing touchdowns. In a game that uh, UCLA supposedly should have uh, should have won, I would have I would have thought. Here, Israel out for Pittsburgh um, as he's getting ready for the NFL, but uh, Pittsburgh manages to pull this one out in the Sun Bowl.
1: He said we've seen everything else. Patty flushed. Is he going to run? He is, and he got through everybody inside the 30-yard line. Now they got to hustle. If he would have been tackled, the game would have went over. Since he gets the first down, the clock stops. What a play by Nick Patty. Now they're getting the ball set. Clock runs. They spike it with 10. He won't have to tip anybody if he hits his field goal. Up and got it. Souls does it again. Game is not over. Be careful you don't get a penalty.
0: Last-second field goals aren't quite as fun as last-second touchdowns. We've got a couple of those. Notre Dame beat South Carolina in the Gator Bowl and moved South Carolina to 8-5, and, and Notre Dame 9-4. 45-38 to 38 was the final. Here is the Irish.
1: On third and seven, Buckner's going to throw. Wide open is Evans. No one covered him. Touchdown, Notre Dame. The last ditch effort for Rattler trying to just have a chance to throw it, and he does. And it's almost caught by Wells, and it goes to the ground.
0: Buckner throws three touchdowns on the day. A fourth one goes to the South Carolina defense, which is how the team ended up tied in the first place. That was the game-winning touchdown with about a minute 36 or so to play in the game, and that was uh, the game winner there. So uh, that one wasn't quite as exciting, though. How about this one? In a game between number fifteen Oregon and North Carolina, twenty-eight to twenty-seven was the final. The Ducks finished the season ten and three, and North Carolina falls to nine and five. In a battle between teams that are all gas and no ass, as I like to say, all offense and no defense on the back end. Although this was a low, lower scoring affair for these two teams, twenty-eight to twenty-seven again was the final.
1: One on Nick's winds up incomplete and a flag. Pass the interference. Defense number 16. 15 yard penalty. Automatic first down. Nick's drops back underneath. Touchdown, Ducks. Wow. Chase Cole. Just an unbelievable drive. The ruling on the previous play
0: was a catch and a touchdown. The play's under further review. The ruling on the field stands.
1: Touchdown. Oh! Off the upright! And good! He kissed it in! May throws it up in the corner. And incomplete. Knocked down. And Oregon comes back and wins the Holiday Bowl. 28-27. The Ducks record their 10th win of the season.
0: That's much better. When you want some hot action, just put Gus Johnson on the call there. Now, Old Miss finished the season 8-5 and five after uh, five turnovers in the Texas Bowl and a 42-25 drubbing at the hands of Texas Tech, who finishes 8-5 as well. A number of close games there. Uh, Texas Tech, a very interesting team, a very interesting coaching strategy. Go for a lot of fourth downs, try to win on the fringes, even if you don't have as much talent as the other team. A very interesting squad there. Tyler uh, Shuck, Schau. There we go. Shao, um, the former Oregon Duck transfer, injured a lot last year, didn't play a lot of games, did play in the bowl, 242 yards passing and 111 uh, rushing, three total touchdowns. He should be healthy and ready to go again for that offense. This upcoming season should be interesting to watch the Red Raiders. They're getting some hype already. Very dangerous team. Of course, the Clemson-Tennessee 6-7 matchup. Tennessee won to finish the season 11-2. Clemson finished 11-3. Joe Melton, 251 yards and three touchdowns. That performance helped uh, stimulate this hype that he's going to be really great taking over the starting position like for the third time or whatever at Tennessee. Uh, Klubnik at 320 yards uh, passing as well. We'll see how productive both of these guys are going to be moving forward, but Tennessee really ran away uh, in kind of surprising fashion in the Orange Bowl of all places. So kind of shocking there. Florida State beat the hell out of Oklahoma, 35 to 32, 418 and a couple tuddies for uh, Jordan Travis there. Dylan Gabriel back in for uh, Oklahoma. 242 there. Uh, just uh, again, uh, Oklahoma was kind of a, a travesty last season, um, but Florida State and Oklahoma keeping it kind of close there in the Cheez Its Bowl. Washington was ranked 12th, Texas 20th in the Alamo Bowl. Washington finishes 11-2, Texas 8-5, a 27-20 final there. Not going to bother playing a clip. Uh, Texas kicked a field goal late to keep it within a possession. Washington had a nice stranglehold there. Pennex 283 and a couple touchdowns. And uh, Ewers, Ewe Ewers, uh, 369 yards to finish out his season there and I think that just about rounds us up to the playoffs one more the Liberty Bowl Arkansas finishes the season seven and six Kansas six and seven so right around that 500 range but this game the Liberty Bowl went to triple overtime 55 to 53 Jaden Daniels Jalen Daniels there we go Jalen Daniels Put up 544 yards passing and five touchdowns. K.J. Jefferson put up 287 in the air, 130 on the ground, four total touchdowns as we went multiple innings here. Of course, once you get to that third overtime again, it's one play from the two-yard line for two points. So it's one play back and forth, either both get it and move forward or both don't get it and move forward. But as soon as one person gets it and one doesn't, you know, the point value is kind of irrelevant, really. It's like a shootout worth two points. You get one play at it. So, um, strange. I really don't like it. I don't even like starting from the 20-yard line. I feel like it takes a lot of elements of the football game out. I just like playing an extra set amount of times with a full kickoff and all that stuff. But uh, whatever. Um, three overtimes, 55-53, and I think we got a, got a little bite here.
1: watch this one. And- He's got it to Binion in the end zone for two. With Bean in the game and here it is. Looking for that end zone. They'll throw and it. it's incomplete. And Arkansas wins it. 55-53 yeah, 50 in three overtimes. They win the Auto Zone Liberty Bowl and the highest scoring Liberty Bowl ever.
0: Kansas gets a little too tricky for their own good. Jason being the reserve quarterback is in and he's out at a wide receiver, takes a little handout and runs kind of a reverse action, tries to throw uh, the pass back in and it's nowhere near the receiver. So tough go there. Um, getting a little too tricky for their own good and uh, just a loss there for Kansas and a tough way to end the season after starting 5-0 to finish 6 and seven absolutely brutal but their superstar Jalen Daniels will be back for this upcoming season so now three games left our playoff games and really our national championship game of course not a whole lot to say there Georgia crushes TCU but the two games heading into that of course as we remember. Pretty interesting. Michigan coming up short against TCU, fifty-one to forty-five. You can go back and dissect um, some of Michigan's choices in particular in that game. A turnover on downs on the the first possession, um, punting later in the game. Not a lot to say about about that, but um, perhaps choosing to be a little bit more aggressive in certain certain times um, when TCU already had a, a nice lead going and just letting you know, the time kind of run out on you, even though it was a one-possession game. Both teams had three turnovers in this game. I know that isn't the first thing that comes to mind, but six turnovers total in the game. Duggan, two, two uh, touchdowns and two interceptions. 14 for 29 passing was not great, 225 yards. But 150 yards rushing for Amari Demericato at running back. Duggan himself had two touchdowns rushing as well which certainly contributed Quentin Johnston six grabs for 163 yards and a touchdown so he wasn't exactly limited McCarthy was 20 for 34 for 343 yards so he did put it in the air two touchdowns and two interceptions uh, Edwards had 119 yards rushing McCarthy himself had 52 in a touchdown Bell had six catches for 135 and a touchdown. Wilson had 104 yards and a touchdown. 527 yards of offense for Michigan, 488 for TCU. Not a lot of defense, a lot of turnovers. It was just playing on the margins. And uh, as someone who roots for Michigan, sure seems like they could have played um, a little bit differently on the margins, but a very good game. Forty-two to forty-one, of course, the final of Georgia and Ohio State. The only turnover came by Stenson Bennett throwing a tough pick. He was twenty-three for thirty-four for three ninety-eight and three touchdowns otherwise. CJ Stroud twenty-three for thirty-four for three forty-eight and four touchdowns on his end. Harrison Jr. 10 targets, only five catches, but 106 yards and two touchdowns. And Buka had nine uh targets, eight catches. 112 and a touchdown. And Fleming, of course, we don't talk about much, but will be a key part of the offense moving forward as well. Six targets, five grabs for 71 yards. It was more distributed uh, for Georgia. Uh, Bowers had four catches for 64 yards. Smith, three targets, three catches, 129 yards. But as we know, it came down to one big kick.
2: Long throw catch by Fleming, who's out across the 40. Steps out, saves the timeout. (laughs) Stroud flushed again. He's got a lot of space right at the middle. CJ Stroud down into field goal range at the 30. Never in his life has he had a game like this winning with his legs and his arm. And we talked about trying to get in around the 35 to have a chance, you know, for Ohio State fans since having visions of Cardale Jones scrambling like that against Alabama right down the middle of the field. But From 50 for the win in a spot in the National Championship game. It's on the way. No good. He hooked it. And Georgia... Is going to survive.
0: Sucker was like a frisbee in the wind, just not even close. But uh, tough loss there for Ohio State. And Georgia goes back, but it's close to not even making it to the national championship game where they stomp out. 65-7 to Georgia over TCU. Stenson Bennett, 304 yards and four touchdowns. Bowers, 152 yards and a touchdown on seven catches. Just a tough year, um, tough way to end the season for Texas Christian. As far as awards go, Caleb Williams from USC, of course, won the Heisman Trophy. He also won the Maxwell Award and Walter Camp Award. Uh, for his great quarterbacking there. Max Duggan beat out Caleb Williams and C.J. Stroud for the Davey O'Brien Award. Max Duggan actually won quarterback of the year, the Davey O'Brien Award. Best defensive back went to Travius Hodges Tomlinson of TCU, the Jim Thorpe there. Sonny Dykes won coach of the year, which is the Home Depot Award for TCU. So a great win there for those guys. Um, the Michigan Center run the women, run the, won the Remington Award there, the transfer from Virginia, whose name I cannot pronounce. Christopher Dunn from NC State won Best Place Kicker Award. A Jackson Campbell from Iowa, Best Linebacker, the Buck Kiss Award, of course. He'd later be a Detroit Lion. Bijan Robinson from Texas, Best Running Back he's with the Atlanta Falcons now. Jalen Hyatt from Tennessee, also in the NFL, the best receiver in the country. He is gone. Brock Bowers returns. John Mackey Award for Best Tight End from Georgia. Outlander, uh, Outland Trophy. Best Interior Lineman as well. Went to the Michigan Center. Uh, best Punter, the Ray Guy Award. Adam Corsack from Rutgers. Will Anderson from Alabama, again won the Bednark Award for Defensive Player of the Year and the Broko Nagrowski Award for Defensive Player of the Year. There's two of those, despite only having 10 sacks this season, which is down from last year. There's an award for tor- for top former walk-on, the Bursworth Trophy that Stenson Bennett won. Most inspirational, which is the Disney Spirit Trophy to Tyler Croft of North Carolina, the academic Heisman, For the William V. Campbell Trophy, went to Jack Campbell of Iowa as well. Uh, Dalen Gibbs from Florida State won the Community Service Werfel Trophy. And for top assistant coach Garrett Riley of TCU, he won the Bryles Award. A few of your award winners there from last season. Michigan's offensive line as a unit won the Joe Moore Award for the second year in a row for best offensive line. So those were some of your top performers last season in 2022. The final 2022 All-American team featured Caleb Williams at quarterback, Blake Korn from Michigan, and Bijan Robinson from Texas at running back, Marvin Harris Jr. from Ohio State, and Jalen Hyatt from Tennessee at wide receiver. No surprises there. Michael Myers at tight end was, uh, was in there as well from Notre Dame. At the offensive line position TCU's Steve Avila, Ohio State's Paris Johnson Jr. Michigan's Star Center, Northwestern's Skorlowski Florida's Osiris Torrance. So most of those guys were talked about in the preseason already as being top guys. The defensive line featured Jalen Carter, of course, from, from uh from Georgia, Isaiah Foskey from Notre Dame. Uh, Kailaj Kounsi from Pittsburgh, uh, Tulia Tupeloa from USC, the top sack guy there, Will Anderson Jr. from Alabama at linebacker, Jack Campbell at Iowa at linebacker, Ivan Pace Jr. from Cincinnati at linebacker as well, had a productive senior year defensive backs were Mississippi's Emmanuel Forbes, Utah's Clark Phillips III, Georgia's Christopher Smith II and Devin Williams Witherspoon from Illinois, who was known for being uh, a very good back there. Kickers was NC State's Christopher Dunn, of course. Our punter was Bryce Behringer from Michigan State. Surprisingly, you're usurping the Rutgers kid and Deuce Vaughn as the all-purpose return specialist from Kansas State. The other notable miss was um, Brock Bowers from Georgia, just coming up short. In the voting there, but very close on him making the team. But that about does it. That is the 2022 23 season in review there. Thanks for hanging in for long hours here and a couple of parts. Technically, the 2023 24 season, just stick with the 23 season. Uh, Coming up here, I will have my top 25. I'll have my most exciting teams to watch, as in not watch all they do, but actually sit down and watch on television. Top 10 TV watches, top 25 for the upcoming season. But thank you very much. For hanging in, for reviewing on last year, reflecting on the games, despite the fact that it's kind of a a speed run and it ran a little bit longer than I had originally anticipated. Just kind of getting back in the swing of things and fighting over my illness again here. But thank you for checking it out. Hanging in. Hopefully it was a fun little walk down memory lane. And I will chat at you later. Bye-bye.
1: With much pressure at all when he does drop back to throw.
2: With the play action, Bennett looks down the middle, McCockies wide open, touchdown dogs! 37 yard strike, another clever play design and masterful execution so far by the dog. Milton, no problem, Georgia overpowering TCU. Routes down the seam in the middle, Bennett looking this time to the edge, Mitchell, one-handed catch for a touchdown, and the highlight reel continues. Off the right side, Savon Clark, and the beat goes on as the backups continue to make plays. Holly
1: Kirby just got the, the bucket. Remember last year they won it in Indy, and he's like off to recruiting. I was like, man, you can if you win this, you can enjoy this. Oh, we got the roster to get ready. Oh, they missed him. It looks like he's enjoying this one.